0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts.
2: Blog Talk Radio.
3: Hello there. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is brought to you by Gotham Sports Network, a new great place for New York sports blog and opinion. The guys are doing everything there. All New York sports and pop culture. Some great entries every day, so go check it out. Go to GothamSN.com. That's GothamSN.com, and go see what these guys have going on. Gotham Sports Network, all New York, all the time. All right, time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We're tonight's entertainment. Go ahead. Challenge him. Challenge him. Come on. Franks and beans. Scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla. Don't waste my time. <laughs> I strenuously object? Is that how it works? We're hey, Willie! We're Ow! Willie! Ow! We're really? we're Ow. We're Give my creation! Ah.
3: forty nine 49. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Newtown, Pennsylvania. Kentucky. It's ready to unload with Cal and Sampied, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Hi, welcome to the show. It is Monday night, November the 2nd, 2015. It is 9.30 p.m. It's time for Ready to Unload. All right, we have a ton to get to tonight. We're going to talk about the World Series. We're going to talk about the Mets and the end of the run. And we're going to talk about what happened? What went wrong? Where do we go from here? What do we do now? So, we'll probably cover that pretty well. And also, the bishop is here to keep us sane. Bishop will talk to us about pop culture type things. Maybe we'll take the show in a different direction after Cal and I have our little therapy session here. We've been doing this show for a really long time, and we've been waiting for the Mets to be in the World Series, and they were in, and now they lost, and we have to talk about it. So, it's Monday night, it's 9.30 p.m., it's time for Radio and Low with Cal and Pete, episode number 249, Talking New York Sports. Nice. Hi, I'm one of the hosts, the aforementioned Sam Pete, Steve Sampietro. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on a special Monday Night Edition. We uh, have been very sporadic doing the podcast the last few weeks. It's been uh, difficult to find time to do the show considering the Mets were making an improbable run to and through the World Series And also, I had some stuff going on. We've been just very busy, but we are putting it together. We're going to get back on a regular schedule now as there's no threat of playoff baseball any longer. So we're back tonight to talk about the World Series and what happened to the New York Mets. And I want to get right to it, so I'm going to bring in the co-host of the program right now. Cal. That's him. And we do need the feminine voice robot for Cal tonight because we we should both be handled very much with kid gloves and I got news for y'all he was there last night it's funny how his intro music is a, like a, a coronation it feels like a coronation and that's what we just witnessed with the Royals the coronation of who everybody wanted to be world champions now nah, that's just bitter. It's bitter. He is the co host of the program, Brian Calvi. Mr. Brian Calvino, uh, Calnino? Mr. Brian Calnino. Capanio, Capazzo, Capacci, Calvi. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, no. Brian.
1: <laughs> there we go. Oh,
3: there he is. Yeah. Hi. Hi, turn on your mic, turn on your microphone. I, Ralphie, get off the I, yeah, stage, I, sweetheart.
1: I still don't know where I am right now.
3: You are clearly or, dazed and confused. Let me try that again. Mr. Brian, Calpino, Calpaccio, Capazzi, Calniva. <laughs> no, don't play this. Don't we don't need the whole music. It's okay, just, it's fine. He's wearing the robes. It's fine. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um... Look, I'm not going to pretend this is a regular show. It's not a regular show. We've done almost 250 of these. And we've never been in this spot. Because of the teams that we root for. So I'm not going to, I'm going to skip, you know, dismiss with the pleasantries, Your Highness. Because it's not a normal show. I know you're not okay.
1: What would make you say that?
3: and you know i'm not okay cuz you were there last night brian you were there was i you went <laughs> i don't know you tell me <laughs> sure seemed like those videos you were sending me were from Little. I, I, I don't know if i can answer that it's um it it, it it i was thinking about this as i was getting ready for the show tonight um that it really is a spot we've never been in I mean, you know, a doing the show. B, we haven't been in this spot in fifteen years. One of our teams was playing for a championship, and I I don't know about you. I've never been there. So it. it I mean, it really. We have no. We have no background for this. We don't have the ability. We don't have the background. I don't have the degree in how to deal with this. The last time that they one of my teams was vying for a championship, I was a twenty six year old young buck. Full of life and vigor. Now I'm old. Tired. I, with just, a want family. To, I just want With family. I just wanna with family. Right. I'm that I'm that douchebag from the from the From the tobacco smokeless tobacco commercials. What's this, what's it what is it?
1: I'm not, I'm not promoting their product.
0: Yeah, I don't show. even want to
3: give the, I don't even want to give the product. It's a commercial that's on WFAN all the time and the guy's like, "Now I'm older with and it's about using smokeless tobacco cuz he can't use chewing tobacco anymore." And the guy sounds like the most miserable jerk ever. Like he's so bitter that his wife and kids prevent him from chewing tobacco, from
1: smoking, or chewing tobacco right. or
3: whatever. "Now I'm older with a family, everything's ruined." <laughs> I can't even have tobacco. I can't even have a dip anymore. God. Anyway, um I'm older, right? I want to see a championship. So, it's I I don't I don't have the capacity to deal with this. Do you?
1: Do I look like I have the capacity to deal good. with this?
3: You do not look good. I haven't slept I, I I haven't eaten? Well, that's not true. I've eaten quite a bit. Actually. I don't know well, the other way.
1: Yeah, so have I. I don't know where the last 7 weeks have gone. Quite honestly.
3: I, I can't even digest a decent meal. I'm like uh Karen's father in Goodfellas. The man hasn't slept in weeks. No, I, I look, I have a I have a whole list of things I want to get to, but Do you I have I an actual list? I did. I made a. I made a. I made some notes for the show tonight. Oh. Again, it's a very special occasion. A special uh, I, is the the wrong word. Well, not spe, a special is the wrong word. It's not like a. It's not like a very special Moesha tonight. This is not like.
1: <laughs> it's the Harlem Boys Choir is not joining right, us tonight. Right. It's not a
3: Christmas special. Right. Exactly. This is. Um, Remember, remember the CBS. Right, and the
1: word "special"
3: would spin, and, and the C right. would come right at you. Dun, dun, w- oh, PJ, if you can find that somehow, Who? find that uh, uh... Bishop. I'm sorry, Bishop. Bishop, the bishop. Should we bring Should we bring him in so we can get right to the misery? Please, let's bring him in. Who better? Who better to to to, uh...
2: To just... Damn it.
3: Damn it, Mets. Your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Cespedes, this is the last damn time! Sorry.
2: I can't... I, I can, I can...
3: I would pay to hear the soundhound say Cespedes all night. <laughs> That's his worst nightmare word. That's his worst nightmare name. He had to call a game with Ioannis Sespidus over and over again. Is he is he the sound hound or is he just sound hound? <laughs> I am not sure yet. For those of, for the for the un, uh uninitiated, a few weeks ago on the program, PJ a.k.a. the bishop, quite by accident invented a cartoon character who's a who's a sound engineered dog. And he produces music but he's a dog. And he's he's a cartoon and he's got a cool Hawaiian shirt on and probably wear sunglasses. Right? He smells of cigarettes and Danish as all music producers do. And coffee, like tons of coffee. And uh he's Soundhound. So uh, uh Soundhound, what'd you think of that World Series? Sweet. I'm telling you, Peach. the voiceover agents are gonna be blowing down your house, my friend.
0: I think we lost the signal in game one. Yes. It's a rookie mistake.
3: <laughs> Soundhound
0: has two generators backup
3: Soundhound is of course referring to the fact that Fox lost its feed during game. which is all he cares about. He doesn't care about the game, no, he doesn't care about the that. game itself. What how is the sound affected, Soundhound? Listen, the broadcast should be technically proficient.
0: And if it is not, I will call them on it.
3: Who is Who's your favorite New York Met soundhound? Come on, say it again.
2: He's, best. He's, corny. His, his his He's
3: corny. He's corny. He's corny. He's pawny. Is he American Indian? He's, <laughs> um, seriously, PJ, did you watch uh, most of the World Series as uh, the. As the, consci- the non-sports-loving conscience of the show, the Jiminy right. Cricket who doesn't know anything about sport ball. Did you? Did you? Wa- well, that's not true. You know about sports, but did you watch the World Series?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
3: Was Dan yeah. into the World Series? Your son. Nope. <laughs> not a not a day, not a minute.
0: Nope. How about and Lily? He's, he's the Met fan in the house, but he just had no time. Right.
3: Yeah, did I mean t- because.
0: They totally get there cool. all the time. Yeah. Be on again. I don't know. I got
3: things to do. <laughs> They'll be back. I watch the next episode. Right. Can we well, DVR? Hey. This? Can we? Get, can we catch this on Netflix? Maybe we'll watch People the whole watch season. YouTube, yeah, YouTube, yeah. Right. He'll get a season pass. Um, let me. I, one. If I, we have a lot of baseball to cover, obviously, and then we want to get to the fun load. But one last question. Did you feel?
0: Wow. I just got
3: here. You took me to the last question. We have a lot to do. Did you feel worse for the Mets players or for your buddies Cal and Sampe?
0: Oh, the, the only people I was thinking about uh, were, were you two. <laughs> you I don't didn't. know
3: the abject misery we were in watching these games. You don't even know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really have a. a a team that I was really pulling for. I was just I was more like, well you know, we've got to keep the
3: guys happy. It'd be better for the talent if the Mets won? Is that what you were thinking?
0: It, it would it would be. I mean I thought um I, I wanted the Royals to win last year. And right. I didn't like that guy uh, Baumgartner. He made me very angry.
3: Yes. He infuriates a lot of people.
0: Uh so of course it was, you know, it so was sad that it, it didn't uh, didn't go the way that perhaps we wanted it to. But um, you know, next day I just got up with pancakes, whatever.
3: So pancakes, the cure all tonic for you? Yeah.
0: By the way, I got a huge bowl here of crunchy raisin bread. If you can
3: hear it. Yeah, try to eat that on the air because it's. It's really great. People tend to enjoy listening to other people chew. I'm
0: simply stirring the flakes. And I have a fourteen ounce glass of red wine. <laughs>
3: What's i not there a
0: and my wife said,
3: What are you doing? <laughs> fourteen ounces? That's a that's a big glass of wine, uh, Henry the You have a huge <laughs> chicken leg in your arm in your hand too? Big turkey leg? I always do you have a Raisin Bran flaked uh, turkey leg in your hand? <laughs> raisin Bran crusted? Ooh, Raisin well. Bran crusted turkey. Let's I'll save try. it, save it for the fun load.
0: Although if I'm gonna do Raisin Bran as a rub, I'd or as a coating, I'd probably do it on a pork chop. Just saying.
3: Well, been there, done that. I mean, who hasn't used Raisin Bran as a coating for a pork chop? Raise your hand. Cal's hand went up immediately. It all hands, Cal. <laughs> So no one went to college, I guess. All right, fine. Just me then. <laughs> Remind me to uh, – I, I do actually have three things for the fun load when we got there. Um, three
0: things.
3: I do. I have three things. Um, and one of them one of them is me telling you guys the story of how uh, we can never – you know, last week we did the best, our top five spices, and we did magazines. I totally forgot. We had a great conversation about magazines. And like our, you know, top five magazines growing up as kids, you can never do this with your wife, ever. And I'll I'll explain later why. Magazine? Yes, they just don't understand the game. They don't understand how the game works. Yeah, you're right. Mm. They really don't. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll do that in the fun load. All right, we're going to go talk about the World Series. We'll be back in a minute.
0: There was one?
3: All right, welcome to uh this is the time of the program where we get to act what we're actually talking about. And tonight it's easy. You know, usually on the show we'll we'll talk to PJ for a while and we'll we'll get to the Islanders or the Mets or the Yankees or the Jets or the Giants or this is easy. We know exactly what we want to talk about. But before we do, I want to remind everybody to go check out Gotham Sports Network, the place for great New York sports blog and opinion. They are doing a great job. They did a great job during the World Series. Um and now they're all over the Jets and Giants, the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils, and the Knicks. And uh the Nets, I believe they're called? The Nets. The yeah. Is that correct? The Nets. Thank you. Um go check it out. It is GothamSN dot com. That is Gotham Go check it out. They're doing a great job every day. Gotham Sports Network, All New York. All the time. Okay, so look, Bry, here's the thing. (laughs) I have several pieces. I made notes, copious notes. I have several ways that we want to break this down. But I have to ask you, before we get to all this, because I went to bed. I took my iPad last night, and I... I uh, Teresa was actually watching the game in bed she was a soldier throughout this World Series a champ I went upstairs um, we watched an inning then she said I can't watch this anymore they're going to lose I said I know they are but I have to watch them do it um, I had it on the iPad without any sound we're going to talk about Joe Buck later by the way um, and I watched it and I watched them celebrate and I I, I went on Twitter, and I, I I soaked it all in, almost as if I was sitting in that dugout. But I have to ask you, what was it like walking out of that stadium last night?
1: Well, it wasn't fun, I can tell you that. There was nothing, there were no good feelings about anything walking out of the stadium.
3: Right. What's the tone? It, What's the mood? I mean, when they put up a five spot in the 12th inning and everybody knows it's over, like... Well, I
1: mean, everybody knew it was over once the leadoff guy got on in the 12th inning.
3: Yeah, pretty much. And and they pinch ran Dyson. It,
1: it could have been anybody at that point. Right, the but you knew, was he was,
3: to, you knew he was going to steal. You, you knew exactly how it was going to go. When the lead up yeah. when when Perez got on to lead off that inning, you knew exactly how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. my only experience was Game Seven in '06, where we walked out in stunned disbelief after watching Beltran take the third strike. So fifty-two thousand people left at the same time. This right. was different. Like this was people straggling. I don't know if you did. You stay to the end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I knew you would. And, and I'm proud of to. you for doing that. I'm proud of you I for doing that. I, I didn't have the keys. <laughs> you could have walked out of the, stadium. You, I have walked the, out of the stadium. you knew where the car was. You knew where the car was.
1: I could have walked out of the stadium. Everybody was leaving. It was it was like everybody had staggered departure times. It was really funny. <laughs> like after every hit, another group would get up and walk out. Right. And then another base runner, and another group would get up and walk out. Right. And it was um, – I. the overwhelming feeling was just – you see, it wasn't like – I wasn't there in 2006. So it wasn't like that, I would imagine. Because no, you possibly. saw it coming. Because you saw it coming. Right. So you actually – you had time to prepare for it. So whereas in 2006, you went into that last inning thinking you had a chance to win the series – we went into the last inning just waiting for it to be over. Right. So, uh, after, after a series filled with missed chances and lost opportunities.
3: I have to think it's it sucks both ways. But I have to think what you did last night was not easier, but I would prefer that to what I did in 06. Well, because at least you had – there was no hope. Like in 06, you you just stood there for like 25 minutes. Well, the difference like in, is that <laughs> – it in stunned disbelief.
1: Well, we had – but we had that moment in the ninth inning. Right. Because the game was over. The game was
3: over if Lucas wow. Duda makes
1: the throw. The game is yeah. over,
3: so that's we're gonna we're so gonna we get went, to the baseball aspect of it. But I'm just I'm just curious about this.
1: Well, well, this is this is part of it because yes. I'm, I'm explaining how we had that moment is we had like everything in one night,
2: right? Right, right, right. We
1: had the we had the moment where we thought we were about to go to game six, right? And I mean, the way Harvey was pitching, that was like you know you had your Andy Chavez moment in 2006 right? where you thought there's no way we could lose this game. Yep. And when Harvey walked out in the ninth inning, we thought out. there's no way we could lose this game. <laughs> yeah. He ran out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, um, I, I had to, what I had to compare it to was my only other time that I got to go to the World Series, which was in 2000, which um, Apparently, uh, when I get to go to the World Series, the Mets lose the World Series.
3: Oh, you went to Game Five in two thousand. That's right. Yeah. So that's. Oh my goodness. That was my frame. My so so basically that did not even occur to me. That's twice you've seen another team celebrate a World Series championship on our own field, in front of my face. Yeah.
1: So that's what I was. My prevailing thought throughout the extra innings last night was. Oh God, this is going to happen again, isn't it? And I'm here for it again. <laughs> no, that's what I meant. This is going to happen <laughs> right, again. Right, right. I'm going to have to sit through this again, aren't yes.
3: I? Hey, Cal, I I love you. Uh, if they get to the World Series again, go to Game Four, please.
1: Yeah, I told my I, I told my brother-in-law. I said, you know, in 16 years, when they're in the World Series, don't don't invite me. <laughs> just call somebody I'll else.
3: I'll Have to come up from Florida, and it'll just be a whole thing. So. You
1: know, go whoever's next on your list. Give
3: them the call. Yeah, I that's I totally was, forgot about that. Holy cow! I totally yeah. forgot about that. Even all last night while we're texting and everything, I totally forgot about that.
1: Yeah, so that's why. So, I, so I went into I went into last night with this sense of doom, right? And history history should have told me. I did the same thing in two thousand eight. Because I was there in 2007 on the last day of the season. Right. Right. And the next year, I said, this can't possibly happen to me again.
3: And you did it again.
1: And I went back, and it happened again. So, <laughs> this has been a, a learning experience.
3: Yeah. Do us all, I think the Mets may have a picture of you up next time. They're in an elimination game. <laughs> Outside of Citi Field, <laughs> do not let this. This is like when I buy a Jets jersey. Like the players call right. me up right. and beg right. me not to buy the jersey. That's right. Like Wayne Gretzky called. He's like, dude, I know I'm retired and everything, but please, I gotta, I gotta drive my car every day. Please, don't buy my jersey.
1: So I've been, to, so I've been to five, five games in my life where a Met loss would end their season and their own. They, oh, won. No, one, they won one,
3: one and four. Right,
1: they won game four in 1999 against the Braves. I went to that one too.
3: And game, and the game against Arizona wasn't an elimination game. No, for no, no. It was a clinching right. game. Right. So you don't, were at a clinching game.
1: I, went and I and I saw them win the pennant in 2000 against the Cardinals.
3: Okay, you saw them clinch, and I
1: saw and I saw them and I saw them clinch the NLDS against the Giants. So I, I, go. I've got a you've mixed been bag.
3: Into, you've been to three clinchers and one stave off of elimination, right? And four and four eliminations, <laughs>
1: eliminations, right. including two World Series ultimate right. eliminations.
3: And they've I like to only call it the been ultimate the, elimination, right?
1: <laughs> Is that a Dorito? The ultimate elimination,
3: ultimate elimination Doritos. Um, yeah. Or is it a Mountain Dew flavor?
1: (laughs) I think Soundhound drinks Ultimate Elimination.
3: Soundhound totally does.
2: Loves (laughs) it.
3: Um, Soundhound drinks Ultimate Elimination Mountain Dew. Smokes cigarettes, eats Danish, smells like coffee. That's like every friggin' record producer ever. Um, Obviously. So, okay, so let me get to my list here. Okay. Oh, one can
1: I just one one and I I made this comment course, to you earlier. There's one. Piece. No, just the one other interesting piece of this. In 2000, when the Yankees won the World Series, the Yankee fans were complete jerks. I mean, yes. Let's. Uh, which which you would
3: expect nothing less, obviously. And they and they were probably way more in number in 2000 than Royals fans last night.
1: Oh, in 2000, I would say more than half the stadium were Yankee fans.
3: Yeah. Especially it was, the, um, it was the clinching game, and right, the yeah, Mets were down and, three to one, and, right,
1: and they were they were about to win their third World Series in a row. So this was like this was the pinnacle of like Yankee ness in New York,
2: right?
1: <laughs> yeah, last night there were a ton of Royals fans there, and they were very. They were respectful. They kept to themselves. They didn't cause a ruckus. They didn't draw any attention to themselves. Okay. And they were kinda and they were sprinkled in amongst the masses of Mets fans everywhere you looked. So you'd see a Bo Jackson jersey or a George Brett jersey or you know. There wasn't I, I didn't I didn't really see a pack of them anywhere like they were um in game four. Right. They had, they had all they had all traveled yeah, there.
3: Yeah, they had a cheering section, essentially.
1: This, the, last night, they were kind of all spread out. So, as everybody was going crazy throughout the night, and Harvey just, every inning, was, was taking care of the Royals, and people were going nuts. And, nobody, and, and again, Mets fans weren't taunting Royals fans, either. Everybody was just, they were, everybody was just kind of existing in this, you, this atmosphere. Right. I, I'd look over at a Royals fan... And they'd just be standing there with this look on their face, like, "All right, I, I see what's happening here."
3: It's cute. It's cute. What yeah, you like
2: I, I'm, I'm not
1: worried about this. This is, this, you know, this is fun for you, but it's not going to end well. Right. <laughs> and like, like they knew it. Very. Yep. It was sort of. It was weird. It was midwestern for sure. It was like it wasn't cold and mean, or it, but it was just right.
3: like it was like polite yeah, it arrogance.
1: It was that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally it's <laughs> totally Midwestern,
3: and I and frankly, was, you're telling me this story, and I don't know what's worse.
1: It was polite arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um, when the Royals started. When, well, when they came back in the ninth inning, that's when they that's got when they loud. Were,
2: because they that knew was, it was the first
1: ha- time. Yeah, it was the first time you heard from them the whole game. Right. And then um, in the twelfth inning, obviously, and after every the, here was the humor in the situation was after every hit, the Royals fans in our section would get up and cheer, and after every hit, the Mets fans behind me in the row behind me were like, "That's a right." It's only gonna hurt that much more when we win, right? To the wolves, and every poor, and, poor but bastards. It, <laughs> but literally, every 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 hit, all, all right.
3: four hits in the inning it was key. right. And they're they're roping doubles down the line, yeah. clearing bases with triples. Just That's wait okay. till Wade
1: Davis blows a five-run lead. Then you're yeah. really gonna feel it. So yeah. it was it was it was an interesting situation, and then what they did, and I thought it was nice. They let the Royals fans down by the behind the visitors dugout. Yes, saw that. That's a good job by so, the Mets. So yeah, so throughout the twelfth inning, by now security. all of the Royals all the Royals fans are starting to disappear from where we're sitting.
3: Right, so they can go down, and, and they're and
1: all go. they're all reemerging in a group behind the behind the visitors dugout, and that's
3: kind of what we that was our last image of of City Field this year. Yeah. Well, some other fans had a, a different last image because some Mets fans stuck around and the Mets came out uh led by David Wright to right. um to uh pay tribute to them. So, I I want to get into the baseball of it. because uh, there's there's a lot of baseball to get into. Obviously, um with you know, in a five-game series that once again just like 2000 was decided uh by a few key plays, really. Um and really, the Royals are a team that um, up and down that lineup remind somebody uh, made the comparison today to the Yankees, to that Yankee team, in the sense that there are no easy outs in the line. I think it was on Boomer uh, Boomer Carton, maybe, but it was a good point. It was a salient point in that there are no easy outs in that lineup, and every hitter uh, spoils you know spoils tough pitches on two strikes and. Gets a pitch to hit and is never at it. Never gives up an at bat. You know, a guy who hasn't had an at bat in a month got the game winning hit. Mm-hmm. Like they with two strikes. Like they just. Uh, they're, they're a very difficult lineup to to face. They're they're sort of a national. I mean, it's too simplistic to say they're a National League team, but um, because they can hit home runs when they needed to, um, they didn't need to in this series. But the the first thing I want to discuss. Uh, Cal and bring up is and this is for the for the the whole five games so not taking apart specific plays which I definitely want to do was and I said this this morning and I've I really stuck with it all day and talking to other Met fans and stuff somehow this Mets team became the team they were before they made the trades for Kelly Johnson, Juan Uribe uh, Giannis Cespedes um Tyler Clippard, Addison Reed, before they made all these moves and went on uh the fantastic August and half of September that they went on. Um they turned back into that team from the manager down. Um, in in just the course of 5 games. So you saw uh questionable managerial decisions with the bullpen. You saw um good to great starting pitching. You saw close games. You saw lack of clutch hitting. You saw terrible defense up the middle. You saw... Um, uh, and and you saw a shaky bullpen. And then you had a closer let you down who had been great all year. So, they look like the team in July to me. They did. Uh, that was, the, the only difference was Granderson was hitting and he didn't hit then. You know, so... My question is, to you, is what happened? I mean, did they cool off so significantly in those six days between the Cubs' uh, uh, dismissal and the World Series? Uh, Was it simply, you know, Cespedes and, you know, Murphy being Murphy and, you know, Cespedes just, you know, staying in the funk he was in since the middle of September? And I mean, did they just become too feast or famine offensively? Famine? Because I'm from Chicago? <laughs> like, what? what's... Am I wrong? Did they not become that team again?
1: I think they did. I think they definitely became that team. I don't have an answer as to why, though.
3: And that team's not going to beat the Royals. <laughs> that team no. in July was not going to beat the Royals. No.
1: I mean, there's not many teams can beat the Royals. The Royals are a very good team.
3: Overall, right. And, and the Mets yeah. may be playing at the height of their powers in August firing on all cylinders, would have had a much better chance. This team, right? I was saying last night, it felt like, and it was, like a week since they strung like three hits together in an inning. Yeah.
2: I mean, just, they just stopped
3: hitting line drives. They stopped hitting the ball hard. Like, I, I, you can count the line drives on one hand in the Cueto game. I, I I don't know. Just that was my overall thing. Like, how do you prevent a team from reverting to its worst form of itself, including the manager? I think
1: um, if you, if you watched if you watched, I know you watched the Dodgers and Cubs series. <laughs> so, you saw,
3: you checked yeah, in on it a little bit, right? I I did. I, I caught a couple innings here or there.
1: A little bit of it, yeah.
3: Um, they didn't really hit
1: in those series either.
3: And I think it's better
1: pitching, obviously, but they didn't really, they had, they had the one game against the Dodgers and then they had a couple. Of games well, Murphy, the hit.
2: Cubs. Murphy, Murphy,
1: Murphy hit. Murphy, Murphy hit consistently.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, the, but hit, overall, they, they well, they hit well enough against the Cubs. They didn't hit against the Dodgers because they faced Greinke and Kershaw four times out of right. five games.
1: And they really, I mean, even in the game against Arietta, they hit in the first inning and that was it. Yeah. You know, so if you looked at both, of, if you looked at those nine games as a whole, I, I'd be surprised if they batted more than like two fifty, two sixty.
3: Right, but they had games where they they stranded a ton of runners. Like yeah. after game one in this series, it felt like they didn't have two runners on base like maybe three right. times.
1: And and the other thing that they did against those two teams, the Dodgers and the Cubs, is they manufactured runs. They'd get right. a guy on, they'd move him over, they'd steal a base, they'd sacrifice fly. I mean, they were they were making runs that they weren't. The only way they scored in this Royal Series seemed to be by the home run. Yeah. Which which was such a hard concept to get your head around, that that the New York Mets were the team that was reliant on the home run.
3: Right. But they were in the end. Yeah.
1: They were. And we're sitting there last night and we're thinking, the only way they're going to win this game is if someone is has it- to walk off home run.
3: Yeah, because they're not going to string two hits together. No. Like the way that the Royals took the lead, they're not going to do that. No, they're not going to get can't. a hit, steal a base, and get a base hit to drive the guy in. They're just not.
1: They're not built like that.
3: Well, I think by the time the season ended, they weren't. I think at their best, they were. they at, at best, they could do both. Best, they still slugged the ball. That was what, yeah, that's how they, they were built. They, but they went first to third. They, you know, like Wright would move a guy over if Granderson let off with a base hit. Like, they weren't doing that. So many pop-ups. How many pop-ups can one team hit? How many? Well, uh, to to me,
1: pop-ups indicate a little bit of the moments getting big.
3: Or over-anxiousness, yeah. That's yeah. so... I mean, that was, that was game two. You can we could take apart each game. We don't need to, but there, there are critical plays in each game, but that was game two for me. Game two, every guy is swinging to hit a home run.
2: Yeah.
3: Nobody shortens up. Nobody's thinking about hitting a line drive. All they want to do is go get three runs on three home runs for DeGrom, and that's it. We're going to win the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, they just couldn't function that way. The moment did get too big for them. No moment exemplifies that more than than the play in the ninth inning last night. Where the moment was simply too big for Lucas Duda. I mean, it was. I I think to say that that is anything other than a choke job, and look, he didn't lose the series there. But to say that that's anything other than kind of choking in a big spot is, I, I don't think, really accurate. Yeah, I just, I I... I mean, guys make cring- physical errors. He made a physical error in a huge spot. Period. I, cring- I cringe at the word choke. I mean, that is what it was. But it, it is. That moment's too big for him. That moment was way pa- too big for him.
1: Yeah, he panicked when he saw Hosmer breaking down the line. Yeah, of course, he could he could have double-pumped and thrown him out. Which is... Uh, I think a lot of guys would have panicked in that spot. I I I do. I'm I'm not excusing it because he should have made the play. He's a major league baseball player. You have a chance to win the game by making a play and he didn't. But I also think a lot of guys I don't think
3: Hosmer would have done that. I think Hosmer's Hosmer's at the top of his game at first base. Yeah, He made three errors in the series and one that almost cost him a game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Maybe so he he's... does. You, you, I'm not saying that a lot of guys don't mess up there. My my problem, not my problem. What's difficult to accept is that it wasn't a difficult play. It's not. It's a, it's not a. difficult It's not an play. easy
1: play. It's, it's not a an easy routine play. Routine
3: ninety foot throw. Not play. an easy play. It not is in, for not right in the-
1: not in the context of the game at that point.
3: But that's my problem. Are you? Uh, you know, that's my problem. You can't just dismiss that piece of it, though. I'm not. The, I'm. It's the reason that he failed there. Yeah. And that's my problem. The moment got too big for him.
2: It, it did. And the moment got too
3: big for all of them. Look, I'm excusing him. He's a human being. Made an error. Yeah, I don't. I'm. Look, we're 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 saying the same thing here. You know, is Bill Buckner a terrible first baseman? No, in that moment, on a bad, two bad ankles, when he can't hardly move, moment was too big for him. He made an error. It happens. But that wasn't even that wasn't even a routine play. Duda's play could not be more routine. It can't. It's a throw to home plate. It's not hard. It's not. It's not a hard play for a major league baseball player. It's not. Well, that's the well, play well, that. We were saying, like, my buddy Jimmy and I, who I played baseball with for years in in Central Park and stuff, played hardball with or whatever, like, what Hosmer did is a play we would do in that league. Do you know why? Because we expect the first baseman to throw the ball to Bayside. Because we're playing in a summer league with a bunch of, you know. You do that in the major leagues, you, you don't expect the guy to throw the ball to Bayside. I know. I mean, Joe Buck's description of that play as unbelievable base running by uh, Eric Hosmer is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's not unbelievable base running. It was reckless, and he got away with it. unbelievable.
1: it's unbelievable that he he chose to run in that spot.
3: That's the unbelievable part. No, but that's not how Buck described it, Cal. He described it as unbelievable in the sense that Hosmer made this incredible base running play. He didn't. It's a reckless play that he got away with, which you can do when you're up three games to one and you feel like you're on top of the world and you can beat anybody. He got away with it. He should have been out by eight feet. End of game. All momentum to the Mets. All momentum. I mean, he he literally, if he gets thrown out there, could have shifted the entire momentum of the series to get thrown out that way as the tying run with two outs in the ninth inning. On that play because it's a stupid play, it really is. It's a reckless play.
1: Yeah, well, who's laughing now?
3: No, hey, look, he said he's he we can call it stupid all we want. He's he's a champion. He said so. it after the game and he said it. He says, "Well, we're an aggressive team and that's what we do. I figured I'd be aggressive. You know, we're an aggressive team and 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 we want to put pressure on and be aggressive." Okay, absolutely, you can do that when you're up three to one. Yeah you know but but the the due to play aside there are so many of these and that's what as a met fan you're left and i think if you're a met if you're one of the players this one is going to haunt you for a while cuz it's not like you, you it's not like you lost these games 9 to, i mean that they lost that game 7 to 2 yesterday but it was 2-2 two, two in the 12th inning and they were an out away from winning the game it's not like they got blown out of this series and they didn't play well. And they had a chance to win the series. You can't help but feel like they gave them the world series. Now the Royals earned it. It's not taking anything away from the Royals because they took advantage of everything the Mets gave them, but the Mets gave them a lot. They yeah. gave them, they scored a run the other night. The the best one I saw was familia blue three saves in the series, right, and he only blew one of them with a hit, and that was the home run. Yeah, he lost. He lost the lead. The tying run scored only once on a hit out of three times. Mm-hmm. And how did how do you not give Duda an error on that play? By the way, just a question mark? Like he yeah, got an okay. RBI. He got an RBI for that. I thought yeah no. Perez gets a fielder's choice RBI. That's if that's not an error, I don't know what is in Major League Baseball. Yeah, but anyway, good for him. You have to feel like in 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 a way for the Mets, you have to feel like you gave you gave a good portion of the series away. And this is yeah. not, I'm not being like a bitter or losers lament or whatever. Like these are the facts as they are presented. They they blew sure. three they blew three, three leads in the ninth inning. Right, right. You well, forget, love. Uh, I saw the the one stat today. I saw Cal that really just, just man. It was their their uh, percentage chance of winning. Yeah. Did you see that one? It was like eighty five percent. Well for the three when games that up, they for the three games they lost, they had ninety four point five, eighty nine point six, and ninety one point three or something like that. Yeah. Like percentage yeah. chance of winning. Like that had to be a record somewhere, somebody said. Like to lose three games in the World Series where you had a ninety percent chance or better of winning the game. Yeah. Probabil- probability. That's the percentage probability. But anyway, um that play aside how do you feel about Terry Collins managing the series? Um, I think
1: he made some mistakes. But I don't, I don't think he cost them the World Series. Yeah, I agree.
3: I don't think he made any that were so glaring. I'll tell you his worst mistake of the series for me. All right. Two worst mistakes of the series for me. And then I'd love to hear your two. Or more if you have. I I just have two really glaring ones. One is not flipping Reed and Clippard. And um Yeah. And even going back to Clippard at all, really, to be honest. Um but you know, what choices he have. Um uh, But he could have flipped them. He could have made Reed the seven uh, the seventh inning guy, Reed the eighth inning guy. He could have. That's a pretty glaring one to me. I understand why he didn't but he could have. You do? Well, I, understand, I I don't
1: agree with him. I understand his thought process, but I don't agree with him. What's I would have done process? it too. His thought process is this is how he got to the World Series. This is the formula. So he not stuck with the, the
3: formula. Not at the end of the season in September, he was using Reed in the eighth inning. So why could he make that switch then and not now?
2: No.
1: For, mo- for most of the season, he would, it was. From when Reed came on board, the reason why he was using Reed in the eighth inning was Clipper was hurt.
3: Yeah, but then Clipper came back, and he still used Reed in the eighth inning a few times.
1: He used Reed, but in a game where he used Reed and Clipper, he didn't use Reed in the eighth inning. He used Reed in the seventh inning. If he was ever going to use the two of them, it was always Reed seven, Clippard eight.
3: Right, but at one at what point do you see that Clipper is being is is ineffective and?
1: Uh, well. I go back to what I said. I don't agree with why he did it. He shouldn't have done it. He should have recognized that Clippard was ineffective and he needed to make a change. Right. I just understand why he didn't make the change. Right. That's fair. Like, I'm not going to sit there like, I can't, I can't believe. What, what the hell with Collins? I don't understand why he's not making the change. Well, I, look, do, un- I do understand why he's not making the change. I just think he's wrong.
3: Right. And we're, we're, I hope that guy never shows his face on our program.
1: That guy was sitting next to us last
3: night. Yeah, that guy. I'm sure this guy was in many of the games. Um, the other huge, um, glaring mistake he made is leaving Cespedes in that at bat, and um, and not bringing uh, Uribe in um, it, it, to take over that at bat, and trusting that Cespedes could hit there, and really, sort of in my opinion, getting Willie Randolph. You know, like Willie did with Cliff Floyd in Game Seven in two thousand and six, when the play there is to bunt, and he sort of wanted uh, Cliff to have the the big moment.
1: Yeah, see, I see that's I that and analogy I, I was going to use for the Harvey
3: situation. Yeah, it, it, I mean it works there too. I, I just I think Collins wanted Cespedes to have this big moment. And I think he thinks he's he's going to have this big moment and his guy's going to come through and he's the horse. And he couldn't walk. He still can't walk probably today. And he, there's no way he should have been left. Not to mention he's 0 for his last 35 with 32 strikeouts. So, you know, what's the what's the better course of action there, especially 0-2? Well, that's in the count. Base is loaded, nobody out. Put Juan Uribe up there. At least he's going to make contact.
1: Is well, you don't know that for a fact because now you're bringing a guy off the bench in an O two count.
3: Don't care. It's Juan Uribe. I got the perfect guy for that spot. He's Juan Uribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reynolds said it last night. He could probably get out of bed and get a base hit. It's Juan Uribe. I'm putting him up in that spot. His first at bat in eight weeks, and he hit a line drive to uh, right field off Herrera. Guy throwing ninety nine, and he drives in a run. I, you know, I, I, I that was a huge mistake to me. That's on Collins. I appreciate the effort, buddy, but we got to get. I got to get a run here. I don't, that's a that's a glaring one to me. It's yeah, no, funny. I I could I could see that. That's fine. Because frankly, that's the ball game right there, to me. Yesterday, Base yeah, they uh, could have broke you're up. They
2: could have the That's
3: it. You're up one nothing. Bases loaded, nobody out. Four, five, six coming up, and you got one run on a sacrifice fly. Right, that's the game. That's the game. And you had the pitcher on the ropes. He had five walks. He's a mess. You have a chance to just blow the game wide open. I'll tell you what. The Royals do. That's the difference. That's the difference. They actually got two walks and a hit in that inning. And had bases loaded and nobody out. Well, let me ask you. Did the Royals do that last year? How do you mean?
1: So, so there's a lot of similarities to the way the Royals played last year to the way the Mets are playing this year. And the Royals sort of needed to go through last year to be the team that they are this year. Yeah, I get that. So I'm wondering if, if the
3: Mets get back next year, was this a learning experience for them?
2: Yeah. Did this if help them? they get them? back
3: next year. I mean, the Royals also took the Giants to seven games and were, you know, had the tying run on third base, you know, yeah. Uh, with you know two outs in the ninth inning and facing basically just an unhittable pitcher. All
1: right. Well, my 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 point is,
3: the Royals were well versed in this situation. They had to go through the gauntlet, and they still made mistakes that the Mets right. couldn't capitalize on. Right. This is
1: the first time the Mets were going through this. So, yeah. there's. I think there was a there was a little bit of wide-eyed, happy to be here
3: with I, them. I don't think there was a little. I think it was a lot. You know. Look and, at their pitchers in Game 1 and Game 2, Cal. He threw 31% fastballs. So did DeGrom. They got afraid to throw their fastball. Because yeah. of everything they read in the scouting report, and they can hit the fastball so well. DeGrom and Harvey in Game 1 and 2, and by the way, Harvey on anything other than five, day, five days rest is a mess. It's a mess. He's the not pitcher. He's He's pitcher. It's bizarre, though. It's bizarre. Yeah. Regular rest for game one against the Cubs, he's unhittable. Regular rest for game one against the or game uh, five against the, the the Royals, he's fantastic. Like he's he's just weird. But, yeah. but those, those they got intimidated into not pitching their game, and then Syndergaard came out in game three and was like, "Screw this." Yeah. Ah, uh, all right. I have another question. Is uh Wade Davis the most dominant closer you have seen since Rivera Um and is that well, and is that the difference in the series
1: No not the, not the difference
3: in the series A a difference not the
1: difference A difference
3: So if Familia he <laughs> closes out the three
1: games Oh oh you're oh you you're saying Wade Davis's performance versus Gerris Familia's performance is that Correct. the difference in the season? You know, well, then obviously it is.
3: Yes, yeah, obviously that's that's just math. And doesn't it, no, but um, it it speaks back to that idea of how important a dominant closer is, and how Mariano Rivera is the MVP of every one of those teams. That's he right. has to be. He has that's to right. be. Because the Mets had three games. And, and I love Familia, and you adore Familia, and I think he's going to be a great closer for years to come. I really do. I really do. I was not worried about him blowing these games at all. Because A, the only way he really blew was the home run to Gordon. That's and right. And B, he, he just seems to have the mentality and the personality. I don't know the guy, obviously, but he seems to be okay. He seems to just, you know what? They got me today. I'll get him next time. He doesn't seem to have the Benitez implosion Gene, no, you know, or even the Billy Wagner implosion gene, or you know, like, or the seventy-five percent of closers have yeah, it was implosion. Yeah, ninety percent, right? But that's the difference in the series. I mean, we, we could talk up, down, and sideways about, sure. you know, uh, not hitting in the clutch and blah blah blah. They had three leads in the ninth inning to win games. Yep. Well, one was in the eighth, right? No, three in the ninth.
1: No, one was in the eighth, because they had five. They had to get five outs on Saturday night. Right. And
3: Saturday and Clipper night... Clipper walked the, two guys. Right, Clippard walked the first two guys to the eighth, right. Yeah, so they, I mean... They, they had their closer in with a lead with three outs to get, five outs to get, three outs to get. Right. And they didn't win any of those games. Nope. The Royals, on the other hand, had their closer in with six outs to get, three outs to get, and they won both those games.
2: Right.
3: It's a, it's a huge difference, Cal. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Detroit. And and that
3: guy is I had no. You were totally right. I had no idea that guy was that good. I mean, he is filthy. He's unflappable. He doesn't move or speak or there's no histrionics. There's nothing. He's just no. um, here. It's ninety eight. Here it's ninety one, and in the dirt, and you can't hit it. Here it's ninety seven, and in your eyes. Now yeah, you're. I'm struggling. throwing a wiffle ball now. Try yeah. to hit that. Now here's a, now here's a whiffle ball changeup. Good luck. Oh, you struck out? Great. I'll be over here. He's like a perfect Midwestern closer. Yeah. Like okay. just, just quiet. That's cool. What do you uh? And he, was never, yeah.
1: and he wasn't the closer until two months ago. That's <laughs> the crazy part. How is he not the closer for that team? Well, well last year, right. Holland, Holland was, was so good. Dominant right. as right. Davis was this year. Right. And then he got hurt, obviously.
3: But that's, yeah, no, that's used... amazing. They won two championships with two different closers. Yeah. Or, they, or well, I should say, they didn't win. They didn't win two. But they, they went to a World Series with one uh, with right. two different closers. That rarely happens. Well, the Yankees did it. But other than that, with, I with can't Wetland think... and then eight times with Rivera. Right. And Rivera was the setup man for that Wetland team and arguably Giants... just as big of an MVP of the series. The Giants did it. The had a different closer for all three.
1: Yeah, I think so, right? Wilson. Right. Romo. The
3: first one. Romo. And then Casilla. And then Casilla, yeah. They've had three different closers. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: What are the, what's the luck? Like we said, it's, it's hard to find a closer that doesn't have that gene. And then you have three of them.
3: Yeah. Although, you know, think about the Giants. He didn't close game seven. Bumgarner did. <laughs> oh,
1: that's true, yeah.
3: You know? They didn't have to yeah. have a closer get, you know, the third out of game seven in a one run game. But I, I again that's to me, I that occurred to me today. That's the difference in the series. How good Wade Davis is and Familia failed. For the most part, he did. That yeah. game one it's- we're gonna be talking about that game one the same way we talk about game one in two thousand. Same way. Oh it's yeah. To- it's, it's a totally different series if they win that game. Totally different.
1: Well, it the I don't care what happened after that point, that was the ultimate well, what was it? The ultimate <laughs> soundhound drink? <laughs> I forgot I don't even remember what we said it was. But what happened to what happened to Familia was the the Royals punched them in the gut by by tying the game off Familia.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I don't.
1: I don't think the Mets ever recovered from that.
3: It wasn't even a, a home run. wasn't even a thought in my mind. Familia really? had been so dominant. Oh, it was not a concern in my it's mind.
1: Always, it's always a concern for me. Nope.
3: Nope. That's always. how. That's how much confidence I had in him at that moment. Wow. Well, that's where my my closer level of confidence had gone to. All I'm thinking about is don't give up a double. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a huge ballpark, and you know, Familia hasn't given up a home run since July thirtieth. All I'm thinking is, don't give up a double. That's all I'm thinking. Well, he didn't. The, the, the ID, No, he did not. <laughs> Son of a. Um, okay, I have another one uh, just about the series, and then I want to move on. Because as, as Robert De Niro once famously said, as Al Capone. Life moves on, and life well, I'm not gonna do the whole thing not no, go <laughs>
2: okay, good' good time we got time <laughs> okay.
3: um, you you uh uh you touched on uh these things a little bit, but the baseball i- i just wrote down baseball plays like the the, the Hosmer play at home, the murphy errors right getting thrown out stealing in the, in that inning, you know, um, in a one run game, you know, I know why he's going, but he has spinal stenosis, right. You know, Cespedes, Granderson got thrown out too. Yeah. Cesped is kicking that ball. granderson got thrown out by about eight steps. Yeah. Granderson kicking that ball, uh, in center field, Granderson not playing, you know, uh, that other ball in center field. Well, at all and getting a bad Cespedes. jump. Oh, Cespedes, Cespedes. sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and and really glaring, and we'll talk about this in a where do we go now, uh, the sweet child of mine segment. Um, <laughs> what what happened to Travis Darnell? Yeah, I mean, are, are we going to have to find a new position for him?
1: I think eventually you're going to have to. But well, right, maybe right, not right, not tomorrow.
3: But baseball plays wise. The Mets gave them so many opportunities, and they uh, had an innate ability to take advantage of every one of them. But if there is if there is one play that you need to have, it's got to be the do-to-play, right? And of all the misplays and miscues, it's got to be the do-to-play. Because um, that, en- that ends a game and gets you a win. If you got to pick one, you got to. It's got to be that. The only other one I could think of that's a huge play is the first play to Escobar. That was huge. That's a big part of the series. They jumped well, out one I also, nothing. I
1: also think I also think the Murphy boot was ridiculously huge because if he makes the play, he gives Familia a chance to get out of that inning. And if they win that game...
3: Their
2: That was the.
1: Yeah, that was. After everything that had happened through the first three games, that was the game. They needed to, you know, look, they went down 3 1. They weren't. I don't care what people say about, well, you could win three games in a row with those pitchers. It was
3: never, ever happening. No, I, I agree. It was never happening. So they, so their opportunity. Especially to get not to, with two of them at home. Sorry. But especially not with two of them at home. Especially. Exactly. Right. The, um, where the Royals the have won in nine that, in a row,
1: the chance to get back in that series was in Game Four, and they had the chance to get back in that series. And when Murphy right.
3: booted that ball, that's every, everything just
1: went out the window.
3: That's a great call.
1: You know? and, then just, Hosmer,
3: just, and then Hosmer gets the hit right after it.
1: Right, right.
3: I mean uh, Mustakas.
1: Mustakas. Yeah. So Familia had a Familia's chance of getting out of that inning unscathed was gone once murphy booted the ball yep and then it was just you know once they tied again that's how it went with this team
3: once it was tied it was over
1: once you gave up the lead you were never getting it back right and these extra inning games they could have played 40 innings each game they were never scoring another run as long as that game went on
3: yeah no i agree no It's that helpless feeling. We've had it so many times with the Mets over the last few years because their offenses have so often been inept that you'll be in an extra inning game and you're like, this could go on for a week. Like, we could turn this into a baseball telethon and raise money for matter. charity. And the Mets are not scoring a run. Unless, you know, the other team, like the Cardinals did that one, that one 22 inning game, decided to bring in a, a, a position player to pitch. Right, that's your only chances if
1: you outlast the other team and they have to they run out of pitchers.
3: Right, and they need it's to the use uh, uh, Skip Schumacher to pitch. Um, okay, so one more thing on on the series itself. Right, that performance by Harvey yesterday, which you were there, as we mentioned, was epic. I think. Collins leaving him in for the ninth, you were good with, I was good with. Yeah. Ron Darling, whose opinion we respect immensely, not good with that. Thought that Collins let his head, or his heart get in the way of his head and should have brought Familia in to start the ninth inning. Are you still unwavering?
1: Yeah, I'm on, I'm I'm completely unwavering. 100%. I will always believe that... All right, I'm wavering. I will always believe bringing Harvey into that game... No, no listen. Let, let me explain this. How? How? This is how I'm going to explain it. I will always believe that bringing Harvey into that game wasn't a mistake. I mean, it turned out to be a mistake, but the decision wasn't a mistake. Right. Okay, Collins, bring letting him go back out to try to finish that game wasn't a mistake. That being said, I understand the thought process for bringing Familia in. I sure. don't necessarily, I don't necessarily believe that that would have been the right call. I, I look, I, till so I was blue in the face and. You want to hear me say again? I don't like bringing relievers in with guys on base. Goes against everything. But last night, I, I was I was on board with letting Harvey try to finish that game.
3: I agree. I I do want to one up you here, though. Not one up you. That's wrong. Up you. Um, no, no, that's not that's not what I meant. I I want to add one-up that.
1: Friendship? Is that is that
3: <laughs> does that come does that come before where do we go now? That does <laughs> the one the one upsmanship portion of the program. RTU upsmanship. <laughs> it's brought to you by Oasis. Ready to upmanship. upsmanship upsmanship. No, I, I and I want to go back to my glaring errors uh, by Collins. There's there's two more that I forgot. One is Clippard should come out of the game when he walks a guy in the eighth inning and should not be allowed to walk to. He's got to be out of that game. And you know I would have started the 8th inning with Familia except yes. he pitched Familia in a 9 to 3 game the day before. So he couldn't. Right. So Which I I, had I, no totally, problem with. I I totally forgot about that. Um Right. I wanted him to use Familia for the six out save, but he couldn't. Yeah. Um but but if he wasn't going to start the inning with him when Clipper – Walks that first guy, he's got to be out of the game. That's it. One guy. That's it. I'm not letting you walk the friggin' ballpark. Right. His other one is I have zero problem with him letting Harvey to come out for the ninth. I wanted him to let Harvey come out for the ninth. He winds up getting squeezed. I'm going to talk about yeah. this. He walks uh, Escobar. He's got to be out of the game. He's got to be out of the game. That's yeah. it. You, you get one guy. That's it. Uh not Escobar Kane, um, because you. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. That I, I. I had. If I and and his excuse was well. If I'm gonna let him start the inning, I'm gonna let him. Right. Like if I'm not gonna start the inning with Familia, I'm not right. gonna. Something like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna let him just pitch for one batter. My thinking is the complete other way. I'm gonna let him get one batter. If he doesn't get the – because I wanted to take him out anyway.
1: Oh, I thought you were okay with him coming back.
3: No, 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 no. I'm saying Collins. Collins was taking him out of the game anyway. Collins was saying, he, right. That's right. That's right. He had Warthen go over to Harvey and tell him, great job. You're out of the game. And Harvey right. talks his way back into the game. So if you're Collins, you were going to take him out of the game anyway and bring in Familia. Why does he – get? and he walks the first guy. Not like he gave up a you know a bleeder or something like that. He walks the first guy. He's that's it. That's it. I gave you a shot. Let him get the ovation. It's 2 0. He's walked one guy, and let me bring in the guy who has the ninety five mile an hour sinker and I can get a ground ball and get out of here. You know, that's my that's my problem there. I don't have a problem with him letting him start the ninth. I do have a problem with him keeping him in after the walk. And I said it at the time, it's not a hindsight thing. I said it at the time. Um, I don't have a
1: problem with him staying
3: in. Yeah, no, that's – again, there's there's no – there's really no right answers here. The only reason anything ever looks right is because it either succeeded or failed. Right. You know, it's like the Hosmer play, you know, with home again. It, the only reason it looks like a good base running play is because he was safe. If he was out, it's a terrible base running play. And percentage-wise, he should have been out. If that play yeah. happens in April, he's out by eight feet. Without a doubt. Maybe. Duda throws him out by eight feet. He does. I've seen yeah. Duda make that throw. Duda doesn't have a bad arm. The reason that they, they had that scouting report that Jason Stark is claiming they have, and I haven't heard anybody from the Royals say that they had, is because of exactly what happened. They felt he could get flustered when he had to make a throw. Not that he doesn't have a good arm. Dude has a fine arm. So again, I those are those are big spots where again, I don't think Collins cost them the series at all. I think he got outmanaged. It's bullpen stuff, man. Cal, it's always bullpen stuff in these World Series it feels like. It's always these bullpen decisions you know every once in a while it'll be a decision to bunt or not pinch hit or something like that but it feels like in the world series it's always these bullpen decisions and when you don't have to make a decision cuz you have Mariano or Wade Davis you look like a genius but the decisions
1: don't even come into play if your team hits and i look at i look at the offensive failure yeah. as the
3: foundation
1: of everything. because It's the hard, offense, though.
3: But it's hard to say that counts the playoffs. It's the World Series. You're facing good pitching.
1: They had a lead in
3: every game. Yeah, they had two hits last night in ten innings. But they had the
1: two, lead. Two hits. And they had
3: a fine line lead. They had a two-run lead in the ninth inning. Win the game. You're going to score eight runs in the playoffs every game? You have no, I'm, but not my, I'm not saying they hit. I'm just saying to point to the lack of hitting is the reason they lost is sort of weird to me because they had a lead in every game.
1: Did I say that that was the reason they lost? The reason that they lost the World Series is because they didn't hit.
3: Did I say that? No, you're saying that the, right, let me explain the bullpen decisions
1: don't come
3: into play if they hit. Let me explain my
1: point. They have no margin for error because they don't hit. They have no margin for error in a one-run game, two-run game. You have no, you can't make
3: a single error if you don't hit. Did the Royals have a margin for error? They led for five of the fifty-one innings that they played. Five innings out of fifty-one, they had the lead. Right, so they won from behind four
1: games to one.
3: Right, so they're playing from behind. So, did they have a margin for error?
1: Well, they hit when they needed to, didn't they?
3: <laughs> no, they got errors. <laughs> oh no, that's right. The Mets gave them the World Series. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm not saying they gave them the World Series, but they scored. They scored two. Two of the tying runs were unearned. Yeah. No, that's that's just my
1: opinion. So. I, I,
3: I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying, but my my only contradiction there is that they had the lead in these games. Right. But lack of clutch hitting cost them. And then, if you mess up in the bullpen hitting, if you mess up in the bullpen, right, and you it really don't, it gets magnified. It gets magnified because you don't have the margin for error. But you're not going to have the margin for error in the postseason. You're very rarely going to have it, unless you're it's the easy. you know the, the 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 89 A's or whatever, and you're scoring 11 runs and you're giving up eight. You're not going to have it most of the time, right. That's why you have to be perfect. Did the Royals make the plays when they needed to make plays? They did. They made errors. They made bonehead plays. How about, you know, the the decision not to throw to a base and then throw it into center field almost? You know, I I mean, how about, you know, uh, Alex Rios thinking there's two outs and there's only one. They score one on a sack fly. Like, they made mistakes. The big difference was when the Mets made mistakes, the Royals got hits. When the world's made mistakes, the Mets didn't. That's your point. Thank you. Thank you for making my point for me. Well, I don't think I made it for you. I think well, we got. We, I think I see your. I see your point clearly, but they had leads, and leads in every game, and so therefore,
2: they
3: they the the bullpen mistakes get magnified. They do, because they blew leads. Gosh, we're sitting here talking about it, and I'm still shaking. I'm still shaking my head, because I don't think I've ever had as much confidence in a closer as I've had in Familia. Like, no. you know, That's I, and and I just I don't, I don't understand how they like hit him. <laughs> I really don't like the Gordon the Gordon home run. Like you said at the time, like you, you got to tip your cap. The guy hit like a 96 mile an hour sinker. Four hundred and ten
2: feet.
1: Well, I I thought it was, it, seemed like it was a fastball. He tried to quick pitch him, and he kept it up, and Gordon right. Gordon hit it.
2: Two
3: strikes. So, how many hits with two strikes? Never seen anything like it. God, I'd love to see. Only, I'd love to see the numbers, like of how many of their hits were with like two strikes. Like what their batting average
1: was in counts with two strikes.
3: Yeah, had it, to be it, over
1: four hundred. It had to be. Had to be right. I would I would say it was probably close to five hundred. It seemed like every other time. Almost like they almost like the Royals had them where they wanted them when they when were. When they two had two strikes. strikes, right.
3: I think the interesting number there would be to be would be to see how many what percentage of their hits that they had in the series were with two strikes. I would bet I would I would not be surprised if it was like seventy five percent of their hits were with two strikes. Yeah. Could be. Uh, all right. We got a little more time. I want to move forward. I have some questions. All right. Uh, Joe Buck is uh, unlistenable, by the way. I watched 90% of this series on mute. I did. In fact, Teresa just got used to it. She's like, oh, we're on mute again tonight? I'm like, that's correct. I don't think I turned the sound on. I think I had it on for like the first six innings of yesterday's game, and I had to turn it off again. Couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. Just couldn't take it. I was almost able. In fact, I was able to do it. I chose not to because I like texting with you guys during the game. But I had the radio synced with the TV. I'm getting it on the At Bat app. Right, so you you
1: have the the delay. Right.
3: Right. So I could I could pause it the T V and get it to sync with the at bat. And I did it for like two innings of uh game four on Saturday night. And I said, I can't do this, I need to text with the guys. I can't do it. Um
1: Yeah, I Josh Lewin wouldn't have been a much better option than Joe Buck.
3: Had to be. Had to be. I just then, give me three innings of Howie Rose. I can't. I can't. He, he's. He's. Look, it sounds like a you know a thing, but it's not. He's a Met hater. He's always hated the Mets. I don't. He's a ag- card- I don't agree with the that. Cardinals broadcaster. He's don't always been,
1: don't agree with that. Not a hundred percent.
3: He's always hated the Mets. Always
1: doesn't. I don't think he hates the Mets. I think he was just in love with the Royals. In
3: love with them. Then go back and listen to the 2000 World Series. And go back and listen to the 2006 Division Series. How is that
1: possible? Because he hates the Yankees,
3: too. Well, he hates the Mets more. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Go back and listen to the 06 06 NLDS. Because Fox had it. Go back and listen. And you tell me who he's rooting for. The Cardinals or the Mets? Well, obviously he's rooting for the Cardinals. He hates the Mets. He's always hated the Mets. This is like a well-known fact. Doesn't oh he my God! the Mets. He, he just <laughs> loves the Cardinals. He grew up with the Cardinals. And what did the Cardinals grow up doing? What were they doing during those years? Who are they playing in the eighties? Who are they playing? Were they
1: playing them? Oh, he hates them.
3: You think is, he's that? Prof- is this a serious
1: conversation we're having? You think he's that unprofessional that he hates? Like he?
3: This is Joe it- Buck we're talking about.
1: Because everybody thinks he hates their own everybody thinks he hates their team. Yeah. We're not the only fans that think he hates our team. Yep. He I hates got
3: every the, team? I got the, proof. Oh, you got the no, proof. He doesn't hate every team. I think he falls in love with certain teams in a darling situation like he did with the Royals. And he hates the Mets. Well documented. Go <laughs> okay. okay. listen to him do a Phillies Mets game during the season. Well he documented. Yes. It's not a surprise. He hates the Mets. It's fine. He's one of several broadcasters that hate the Mets.
1: Everybody, oh, here we go. Everybody hates the
3: Mets. Not everybody.
1: No, not everybody at all. No, but several. Several hate the Mets. Absolutely, hate the hate the Mets. Yes, like they. How they, do you, they, think they Joe Mor-
3: you think Joe Morgan likes the Mets? You think he likes the Mets when he used to call the Mets games? You th- you think Joe Morgan's not harboring 1973 somewhere in there? Do you think he was always fair when he would call Mets games? The truth. Uh, I don't even I don't even know what to say to you. You know who's announcer who was very fair to the Mets always? Vin Scully. Of course. Vin Scully is the greatest announcer of all time. Baseball division. <laughs> yes, Vince Scully was always fair. Vin Scully was fair to every team. And he's the biggest Dodger of all time and he still managed to call the 1988 uh well he didn't do the uh, the uh the TV but he still managed to call everything straight across the board always No I was going to say uh Miller John Miller very very fair Very very fair and he loved to say Carlos Beltran
1: Hated the Yankees John Miller
3: I don't know about that I don't pay attention to other teams and who hates them <laughs> I don't. I only pay attention to the Mets. Joe Morgan hated the Mets. Okay. Joe Buck hates the Mets. His father hated the Mets. He hates the Mets. His father didn't hate the Mets. Hates them. Oh, man. I'm not spending any more time on Joe Buck. Does Howie
1: Rose hate the Cardinals?
3: He's wasted enough. You want to to answer that question? Okay. Answer it for yourself. Okay. (laughs) Second question.
1: Does how Could you tell that Howie Rose hates the Cardinals?
3: On a, on, a, on a Met broadcast? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You can hear disdain for the Cardinals from Howie Rose while he's calling a game. Absolutely. I've heard it when he's doing the Braves games. I've heard it when he's doing Yankee games. If, if Howie Rose was doing it nationally, I would bet he would be able to, to hide his disdain. So Howie Rose would be able to hide it, but Joe Buck be able not. Joe Buck doesn't care. Clearly, he's Joe Buck. You saw his beard. I did.
1: <laughs> how how much how much do you hate the? I'm Joe. There's Harold. He's Tom.
3: I I didn't listen. I didn't hear it. Didn't don't yeah. I can't didn't That's hear he, like 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 they
1: they put the camera on him right. He's supposed to say I'm Joe Buck. This is how Reynolds and Tom Verducci. You know, he's just you know he's, he's too cool for school.
3: Joe Buck. Yeah, and Verducci. What? Oh, I can't. Can't. What? A, he was he was such a disappointment because I thought I, he was better. I muted it in the fifth inning of Game One. I turned it back on in the first inning of Game Five and muted it in Game Seven. That's it. I will not. That means in the seventh inning.
1: Couldn't take it. I'm not going to go so far as to say they hated the Mets, but. My God, they wanted to marry the Royals. They love them
3: again. I, they I,
1: love them. They Everything absolutely they did. did. And
3: I'm joking about, in a way, about Joe Buck in the sense that I, some of these things are, are pretty well known. Like that's that's not like a secret that certain guys who grew up either playing against a team or rooting for a team, right, Or well, are national or or are right. broadcasters for a certain team. Don't particularly. They have a bit of disdain for teams that they're calling. I think in this particular case with Buck, from the little I heard, or allowed myself to hear, because I would turn it up every once in a while, like in a, you know when I would hear the crowd going crazy and I'd want to hear it, and I'd have to listen to Joe Buck uh, for a couple minutes. I think it was way more the Royals' love than the Mets' hate, than the disdain for the Mets. I think it was way more Royals, Royals Latio. You know, royalatio. <laughs> um, then it was disdain for the Mets. Absolutely, T- totally. He, he's still a professional broadcaster, yes. But you, but the difference in the calls was palpable. Yeah, or not palpable. It was, it was hearable. Yeah, it was sure. I mean, when the Royals would do something good, he got excited. When the Mets did, he was either quiet or just said, "Struck him out." Like the Harvey, the biggest strikeout of the game, I happen to have the the sound on. When he struck out the side and he screamed coming off the mound, didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. Not a he word. He was probably letting the moment speak for itself. Great. Right. Well or he like didn't a... let any of the Royals moments speak for themselves. Yeah. Anyway, we've wasted enough time on that. Real really quick. Because we got to get PJ to bed. Although, you know, the, the Mets only do make the World Series once every 15 years. So, uh, Any anything else you want to say about the series itself before I ask you really quick going forward questions? No. Nothing.
1: Uh, am I forgetting something?
3: Were you pleased with the fans in the stadium yesterday that were at Citi Field? Yes. They did a good job for the most part. They did
1: it they did a they did a very good job
3: for the most part.
1: They they were engaged in this game and were trying like hell to get this back to Kansas City.
3: You went to 3 playoff games, right? Yes. One in each series. Mhm. Overall playoff experience at City Field.
1: Fantastic. Great. Really, really great experience.
3: On a level with Shea.
1: Yeah. Different. Yeah. Parallel universes. Okay. Could you can't they can never be you can't compare no. them. No. You know. But they city field city field
3: did a tremendous job. Do you think the that players. they? Right. Do you think that they started to establish a little something there? The Mets. Yeah, and and the and the crowd and the fans, this fan base that has been so down on management and so down on the team. And did you... I was only there for the one game. I didn't feel any of that. I felt like a proud Mets love fest. Like it was great yeah. to be a Mets fan.
1: That's exactly how it was and throughout the playoffs.
3: I hadn't had that experience ever at Citi Field.
1: You... Well, you also... Had the fortune of being at the
3: first one. Yes.
1: So there was something special about that game.
3: And coming off the a broken leg and the Utley and then. Right. But
1: over, but that was, you know, nine years or eight years at City Field, whatever it was, built to that night. Yeah. You know, so that, so you, you really, you experienced something, something pretty big there. And then I think that's, I think that you the game that you went to then set the tone for the rest of the postseason at City Field. Right. Because I think it was like that pretty yep. much every, every night.
3: Yeah. So good job by Met fans. Met fans did a good job. Look, I Met, didn't Met sense the cynicism there that I have experienced at every, the underlying current of cynicism that I, it was pretty much present for every game I had been to at City Field for the last yeah you know, seven years. Yep, the jokes. Yeah, the, the sarcasm. Even when you know. they're winning, even when it's going well, even when it's like a Harvey game, or you know, or you know, Rahm's yeah. best performance that I've seen, or there's mm-hmm. always that under undertow of negativity and cynicism that's going to sweep you away. And I didn't sense that. Yeah, I even I even
1: got to two games in September this year. When they looked like they were going to the playoffs, right? You know, and and like you said, there was still people like to make their comments and joke yep. and look. You know, I'm going to make a Madoff joke, aren't I funny?
3: And it's like, yeah. you know,
1: dude, you going to the playoffs in a couple of weeks. You knock it right. off. Like
3: maybe, maybe they maybe, maybe they wash some of that away, Cal, or, or does it depend on this off season?
1: It depends on the off season.
3: I, that's that's the one thing
1: that. Met fans are very unforgiving, and they have a short memory. Oh,
3: with this you know, ownership, you're sort of allowed to be. I feel like.
1: No, I know, I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying that they they cannot, and I don't know if I'm segueing into where you want to go next, but they can't um, rest on these laurels even a little bit. No, and they shouldn't. They have, but frankly, they, they have should. To, they have to approach this off season as if they hadn't been in the World
3: Series. Right. And if they if they were, uh, if 2016 was the plan all along, then they need to approach it as if they never went to the playoffs. And it's still the plan all along.
1: Yeah, because you, you, God, God help the ownership that pisses this away. Yeah. Which
3: they could. They could. Oh,
1: th- Quite yeah. easily.
3: They're, they're easy. They just built up, like, Three months of tremendous will, that could go a long way to deleting the six years previous.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But so, really quickly, and then because we're gonna have a lot of time for hot stove, Brian. But it's and but it's fresh.
1: It's fresh and hot. It's
3: hot and fresh. It's like a bagel, nice. Like a Italian bread like Italian bread nice out of the oven, little garlic. Right. How much Literally, do you love garlic bread? Uh,
1: more than anything else. Really? I agree. Right?
3: Big dish of pasta, right? So you're, you're having macaronis, right? Right. Do so you need to have, is regular bread okay? Does it have to be garlic bread?
1: Got to be bread. It doesn't have to be garlic bread. Okay. But there's
3: gotta be a loaf of Italian bread in the oven for about three minutes
1: before Just it gets the it, table. heat it up, nice. So it's got the cr- the crust on the outside, yeah.
3: Do you buy the ready-made garlic bread? No. In the tin foil. No. With the with the Italian flag on it, so you know it's Italian. So,
2: I mean, this this
3: is an Italian flag on it. It's gotta be. That's Italian. how you know it's a nice. That's no, how we, you know this is a nicer one. This one. We make our own garlic bread. I don't buy it. We're gonna bring the bishop in, in a second and go to the fun load. Just let me ask you just hold that just put a pin in that. Okay. Pj. Pj scrambling for the to unmute himself. <laughs> <laughs> Say Mantelay <laughs> Industry, <laughs> Say Vandalay industry. He just came running out of the bathroom with his under with his pants out. He's been waiting to talk garlic bread for three years. <laughs> Daniel Murphy. Familiar with his work. What are you doing? Uh, qualifying offer. That's it. That's it. One year, $15 million. Yep.
1: Okay. If he takes it, he's he's good insurance for David Wright. Yeah. If he doesn't take it, goodbye.
3: Yeah. Totally agree. Right? Ioannis Cespedes. Let me go back. Would you make him the qualifying offer, Murphy? Murphy? Or would you just yeah, let him absolutely. go? Absolutely. No, Absolutely. Yeah. As I want okay. the draft pick. Okay. Because he's not going to take one year at $50 million.
1: He's not going to take it, but is he going to have a problem getting a contract because there's a draft pick tied to him?
3: No. Okay. No, I don't think so. You I to think... You can't see an American League team giving him like four and, you know, three and 45 or... I just...
1: Yeah, no, I just threw that out there because I think what's going to happen is there's going to be such demand for Zobrist... The teams that don't get Zobrist are going to look at Murphy, and they're going to want do Murphy. You, do you want Zobrist? I want Zobrist very badly. <laughs> I want Zobrist. In fact...
3: Do you want him to come be, and play second base?
1: I want Zobrist to come and play wherever we can put him.
3: I don't know what this lineup looks like next year. I really don't.
1: Because that's... That, oh, Saspitas? No. no, not, You're not, not even making not,
3: a qualifying offer?
1: You can't, he doesn't get a qualifying offer, Cespedes. He's got that funky contract where he became a free agent, and like they were, they had to release him. Right. So he. But so that meant not, the
3: Mets had extra time to negotiate with him. If yeah. If they so, hadn't so the, done that, the Mets would have had like what five days after the World Series or something to negotiate with him. A, now he's a regular free agent. Right. Exactly.
1: And if they didn't, and if they didn't sign him in those five days then every other team could sign him but the Mets. Right. So and now, then that
3: was their window, right? They got a five-day window. So they waived that. He waived that. He's a free agent in earnest starting on Friday. Right.
1: But they have to release him. He doesn't become a free agent.
3: The until Mets they re-
1: release him. And that's why they don't get the draft pick tied to him. They don't get the draft pick. Okay. So, so with they- that being said, then you absolutely – you want you know what? You want to make him an offer? Go ahead. Throw him an offer. I have no problem throwing him an offer, and then when somebody goes higher,
3: you let him go so would you make him a four and sixty no you'd have you'd have to make him like a five for one twenty no there's there's no chance they're gonna offer him more than a hundred million dollars. There's no chance no could you see a four then, for eighty? I could see a four for eighty the Mets making a 4 for 80. And then someone will go over that. Oh, of course they will. And if they don't, fine, by all
1: means. This is one of, you know, we kill them for doing this all the time where they make the offer that they know is going to be beat and then they can tout to the fans that they tried, but somebody else, this yeah, is this,
3: perfect. Yeah, I have no problem is, with it here. Right. No, do it here. Yeah, exactly. I have no problem with them doing it here. Yeah. So, But um, now, but, now, but would you, you would offer 4 for 80? Because what if he takes it? It's fine. It's four years. I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too.
1: In fact <laughs> I'm okay it's kinda it
3: kind of a steal at Four for Brady. Yeah,
1: it's the it's the it's the commitment that I'm not okay with. Right. I don't want him for six years.
3: I don't want him for five years.
1: I don't want him for five years either.
3: Yeah. I'll take him for four. I'll take him for four happily.
1: Yeah. Um I
3: look, this was he's, the first look, time he's, that, he's not gonna he's not gonna be here. He's not gonna be here. And neither he's not. is not. And
1: I don't think Murphy's going to be here either. And And I'm I'm, I'm,
3: and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm really okay with it.
1: But you got to replace him. Yeah. Right.
3: Dilson Herrera and Juan Lagares are not going to cut it. Right. You can't replace Cespedes August. That's not what you're looking to do. You're looking to, you're looking to add a middle of the order bat, who's just. I mean, are you looking at Upton? Does, is Upton no, a replacement too, for you? Too much. Okay.
1: Too much money for Upton. What not I'm gonna looking trade. at.
3: Not going to trade. Um. Yeah, I, I, he's done trading. He is done trading. I don't.
1: He 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 might not be done trading in July though. I can see yeah. a situation where if okay. where somebody may may shake free at the deadline and you get another suspicious shot.
3: Sure, but you. So that means you're going to go into the season with. Well, you're going to you're going to go in.
1: You're going to make. You're going to replace them. You're not going to leave holes
3: in the in the lineup. You're not.
1: No. Do well, You feel
3: confident that they're not.
1: No. You shouldn't go into the offseason. into the off season, or well, you shouldn't go into next season with holes in your lineup.
3: Um, is it too soon to call up Dom Smith? Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. But dude is going to be the first baseman. Yeah, I know. Look,
1: dude is going to be first base. Wright's going to be at third base. Conforto and left Granderson and right, Darno no catching. The middle is where you're going to have to do what you're going to do. Make
3: the change right?
1: Flores will be Flores will be either at short or second.
3: Yeah. Would you Would you make an offer to Ian Desmond? No.
2: Okay.
3: I mean, you you. You could, and then just move Flores to second permanently. And then I'll tell you what, you know who the biggest free agent is for them to resign? sign Uribe. They're not going to resign Uribe. Why not? He's a perfect caddy for right. Perfect right-handed bat off the bench, guy who can spell right two or three days a week at third base. He's perfect. They're going to have too many right-handers off the bench. That's the problem.
1: Because they're stuck with Kadire. And then and then Ploiecki is a right-hander off the bench. And then you get Uribe as a right-hander I'm, I'm, off the I'm bench.
3: I'm not convinced that Travis Darno is your catcher next year, Cal. I'm not. Well, where are you going to put him? Left field.
1: you to put Porter to right?
3: Blake Granderson in center.
1: You're going to put 34-year-old Curtis Granderson in center field? He hasn't been there right. in two years.
3: Why are you yelling at me? There's a question. I'm just telling you, I don't think that Darno's is your catcher next year. They got to do something I, with him. He can't throw, Bry. His mechanics are a know, disaster. He can't throw. Yeah. I think he's going to be a catcher next year, though.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think that move is. Is I think that move is imminent, but not next. Can time he play imminent. first base? He's going to going to be a backup first baseman.
3: Uh, I gotta look at Lucas Duda every day again.
1: No, when the lefties hit pitch, you're gonna see Kadire. And look, Duda's not that bad. When Duda gets hot, he's as hot as anybody in the league.
3: You know that. So I just so I just gotta wait for those three times a year he gets hot. And then yes. and then and then suffer the, the, the foley oaf the rest of the time.
1: You're down on him today. You you came around on him this season. And don't now t- you're down on him. Don't tell
3: me. Today. Don't tell me.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you.
3: I want an oh, upgrade cool. at first base. I want an Watch upgrade
1: at shortstop. What else do you want? is gonna catch.
3: I i don't know if that's unrealistic. It's gonna hit more. Yeah, but he I mean, he got called up. He wasn't really ready to come up. He only came up because of Yeah, you no know, no, I'm I, I'm the I think the I think the jury's still out on Pleweki
1: as a hitter. I think he's gonna be a phenomenal catcher.
3: I mean, does Darno play? Conforter's not gonna platoon. No. So who's your center fielder? L- it's gonna be Legaris,
1: but I you know Colby Rasmus is interesting.
3: Oh man. As the as the left handed center fielder. Is Chris D'Onofrio not available? I mean, are we doing this? Colby Rasmus has got pop. All right, we got plenty of time for hot stove. I just wanted to get your. I wanted to get your. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how they constitute that lineup because, I'm telling you, by June 1st, it's going to be Harvey, Degrom, Syndergaard, Mats, and Wheeler. Well, so you better. So you you listen to me. So you better. Not by get June 1st. But... You better get some. Well, no, Wheeler's timetable is June or July. June or July. So June yeah. 1st. Is aggressive. I'm saying he's going to be he should be pitching in rehab games. If all goes according to plan, he should be pitching in rehab games by May.
1: Oh, I don't know. I I, I thought he, you'd see him like after the All-Star break next year.
3: No, I, I thought everything I saw was was June was the target. But wait, we'll see. You're going to see Nice
1: then up until that point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which... I don't have a problem with Nice is my fifth starter. I don't. Let I'm sorry. Me, can,
1: can I take 15 seconds... To say good job, Nice. Pitched well in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, he did. He did a good job. And he pitched every time he was asked, and he didn't and pitch he did. about it. Right. He took the ball, and he did a good job. He got out. And you know what was interesting today about Nice? We were talking about it. A buddy of mine was saying if you look at the teams they played in the playoffs, John Niece is a third starter on pretty much all of them. It's true. He's definitely the third starter on the Dodgers. He's probably the third starter on the Cubs. And he's probably third. He's definitely the fourth. And you can make an argument that he gets a start over Ventura, you know, for the Royals. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely in the starting four for all of those teams. And for two of them, he's the three starter. I agree. So you could do worse than Johnny as your fifth starter. A lot worse. Cologne is willing to come back. For a one-year deal, would you sign him? As a reliever? As uh, I want to bring him back as a reliever.
1: I wonder if he would.
3: As like a 7th, 8th inning guy. I love him that way. He's got a rubber arm.
1: Somebody might sign him to be a starter, though.
3: Yeah. And you let him you go. Could, you could argue that he would have started Game 4 for the Dodgers, and he would have started Game 4 for the Cubs.
1: <laughs> and really? maybe the Royals.
3: And maybe the Royals.
1: Chris Young, Bartolo Colon.
3: is so the same guy yeah. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> All right. Well, back we'll to see. It's, the bull, it's, it's the bullpen. Yes. So well, you get, you get Henry Mejia back, so what are you worried about? Uh, or is he suspended for a full year? He
1: suspended 162 games from when he got suspended. The second time. Right. So he would be back next July.
3: He's got, like, another 100 games to go in there. Yeah. It's, like, next July is when he would be back. No, it's got to be later than that, even. Or maybe, like, the end of July. Right, right, right. Yeah, because it was whenever... Yeah, because when did they get clippered? It was
1: right before the deadline.
3: Right, but, yeah, like, July 28th or something like that. Yeah, and that's that's
1: when Mejia went out, so... (laughs) I mean, what do you do? What do you... But seriously, what are do you doing? I, I, I release him. I have anything to do with him. You don't hang on to him just in case.
3: No. Be
1: like getting the picture
3: at the deadline. Montero is back next year, right?
1: Have yeah, we have yeah. we
3: given up on him? I don't know. He's around. Vic Black.
1: Ah, uh, Vic Black. I don't know what happened to him.
3: The lounge singer.
1: Well, we'll see. We've got a long time. But the you know Vic what's
3: nice—the Vic Black experience.
1: The Vic Black Five. You know, it's nice, weird. though. We, the
2: the GM meetings... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, could, I couldn't think of what it was. <laughs> um, the uh, the GM meetings start on Monday, which is GM. crazy. I know. I love it. I love like it. Like, we jump right into it. That's, that's the, the benefit of being in the World Series.
3: And next week, we'll be able to talk about the Jets and the Islanders and... I'm gonna need some yeah. time to,
1: to reacquaint myself with these yeah. other franchises because I've just I've been a I've been yeah. out
3: of it. the Bryce Petty uh experiment will be well underway for the Jets, so that'll be oh, good. That.
1: I don't I don't right. I'm not familiar, not with.
3: familiar with his work.
1: I'm gonna uh, need um, to do some I gotta do some work, Steve.
3: Yes, you do. Let's uh let's just simply say this before we go to the fun load. Um and I posted this on my Facebook and I stick with it. Um all the losing and the, the 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 just the horror, the really stinkiness about losing and everything. I in, thoroughly enjoyed this run. Uh, I got to watch all this baseball with my my son and my wife got into it and I, I watched a game with my uncle Tom and and you know went to a game with my uncle Tom and um you know talking to my dad and talking to you and talking to my you know, my brother calling me up and wishing me good luck and my my brother-in-law in Texas. All these great family, friend experiences, and that's – it sucks that they lost. But that's what it's about. That's what sports are supposed to be, a nice diversion, and it sucked, and it was gut-wrenching, and it was hard, but it was a great, great six weeks. It was great. I I wouldn't – I know they lost. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'd much rather go to the World Series and lose than not go to the playoffs at all. I really would.
1: You might change your mind if you literally went to the World Series and lost. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so. That's a good point. It's so, a good It's fair. Okay.
2: Oops. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's oh. the wrong one. Time for a fun all
3: right. Welcome to the fun load. Uh, DJ, how does garlic bread work in your house?
0: Uh, Much in the same way my sofa does. In the time that you guys were on the air, I thought you'd want to know. (laughs) Friend of the show, Harry Hamlin, who, as you know, is a big fan. Oh, right. Has had to issue an apology. For uh, wearing a large swastika,
2: <laughs> like what? What could be wrong with that? Was
1: was was his blackface in the shop on his
2: Sin
0: Halloween costume?
1: He's had to release an
0: apology through his wife Lisa Rinna.
1: They're still married.
0: I don't know.
3: I'm not sure. Um, ha- wait, Harry Hamlin? Like law, and, law or uh, L.A. Law? Harry Hamlin? Yeah, and like every year, why is there
0: someone every year who still doesn't get? Don't put on, like Cal said. Don't put on the blackface. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> it's, do it's it. It's so easy. The shoe polished down.
1: <laughs> it's so simple. It's really? I mean, you're gonna wear by now, mask. everybody knows this. A
0: swastika? No. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not.
2: <laughs> I mean... I, I,
3: I don't understand. I you you're right. I don't understand the thought thought process. I don't I don't understand at what point you're putting that Halloween costume on and you go, "Well, this will be okay." <laughs> <laughs> this is right? This is fun, I was right? good. When does it? when do you say like you're wearing the costume and you're like, "Nobody's going to have a problem with this. Should right. be fine. It's been long enough, right?" It's right. No, it's head one JFK. That's all it is.
1: It's funny. It's fine. It's fun. The best part about that is that you don't just have that laying around, you have to think about the costume that you're gonna wear. <laughs> right. And right. then decide this is gonna work.
3: You make a choice.
0: I'm that is that funny? That's funny, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, it's funny. Everybody knows swastikas are hilarious is are the way to go. Oh my goodness, Harry, Hall- of all people, Harry Hamlin. It's, uh, you could have you could have given me a list of ten people's names or whatever and said one of these people will be wearing a swastika dressed as Sid Vicious for Christmas for Halloween. Yeah. Right. And I never, in a million years, years, would have chose Harry Hamlin.
1: Never. Could, could, maybe.
0: Who choose?
2: From Perry, King? Right. Perry King? Perry <laughs> King. Riptide? Riptide. Jill
0: Eikenberry.
3: <laughs> right. Susan Day? Perhaps. Oh, we're doing
1: the cast of L.A. Law. We? That's well, where we, I
3: went there, yeah. Yeah, it segued into that. Of course, Susan Eikenberry. What is the matter with you? Jill Eikenberry. <laughs> Jill Eikenberry. Who's Susan Eikenberry? Oh, I put Susan Day and Jill Eikenberry together. Susan Eikenberry works at the library. That's right. <laughs> Can we get back to garlic bread, please?
1: Oh, by all means.
3: I just That was current
0: events. I just had to... Uh,
3: yes, I, I appreciate that. Thank appreciate you. It. Thank you for... This is our yearly... We've been doing the show for, what, like six years. And this is, I think, like our fifth or sixth Halloween. And every year... And it's like our fourth with you. Because you've been doing the show for like five, six years. And every year, the Halloween episode, it's... Who made the huge jackass of themselves? Right.
0: Always <laughs> <So is> one.
3: <laughs> Who chose so poorly, so poorly? Who looked in the mirror and said,
0: who's going to have a problem with this? You're posing in smiling pictures with a giant slot stick. Not a small
3: one. Not a little, you know, a little. Oh, it's a it's a wrist tattoo. It's supposed to be Sid Vicious's wrist tattoo. No, 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 no. No. Ah, uh, <sighs> honey, come here. Check this out. <laughs> come look. <laughs> I believe
1: he still is married to Lisa Rinna. That's now that's a success story. There it
3: is.
2: That's a that's, that's a, a good,
1: Hollywood success story. That's a good dozen years, I'd say.
3: Dozen? Maybe Baker's dozen. Speaking of Baker's, no, sorry. <laughs> Please, PJ, take us in full detail as to how you prepare the garlic bread in your house.
0: Garlic bread in my house is, uh, well, actually, we go we go two ways on
3: garlic bread.
1: You've prepared garlic bread two ways? <laughs> I already don't like this.
3: I've prepared for you garlic bread two ways. Um, I have a deconstructed garlic bread.
2: There is you know, Garlic yeah.
3: bread per se
0: open-faced garlic bread I make with butter. I only realized this when I was just about to say it. If I'm going to make open-faced garlic bread, I make it with butter on the bread, then some cloves of garlic, and then maybe a little green, a little parsley or something, I don't know. A smattering of uh, Romano cheese, perhaps. Wow. But, yeah. Then then, then there's also...
2: Cheesy
0: yeah. garlic bread. If I'm uh, going to put some mutt in the middle, then I won't use butter. I will use olive oil on the bread. Wow. Slice it open, pack it in, close it up, foil it, and bake it. So there's two ways to go.
3: I uh, And what cheese are you using on the cheesy garlic bread? What's that out? Generally just mutts, you know,
0: if I had some, like, old provolone. Old provolone? Like, smelly, stinky cheese? <laughs> <laughs> really, really old, like, if, like, maybe there was, we did pasta on Sunday, and now I'm making garlic bread Thursday night. I might taste right. whatever provolone is throwing up. <laughs> i got to make the full
3: picture. I love this. And and if you're having a plate of macaroni, right, and then you got the garlic bread there... Now, do you have, do you have, I think we've discussed this, but I need the macaroni, the garlic bread, and then the regoff. I got to have the regoff. Like, that's my, that's What, with garlic bread? No, I, I put the, I put the right with the macaroni. So I got the garlic bread on one side of the plate, macaroni in the middle, meatball, and then the regoff over here.
1: Oh,
0: okay, got it. Right? You're, you're, <laughs> out, you're staging your entire dinner for us now. That's right.
2: <laughs> that's right.
3: You don't know how to run your plate, Junior. Um, and then, so the garlic bread never comes into contact with the ragout. The ragout is there for meatball and uh, macaroni purposes. Regathe, uh, the garlic bread there to dip in the extra gravy, right? Then occasionally, I will use the garlic bread as a conveyance for the macaroni.
1: And just For the macaroni. Okay. Yeah,
3: I'll just put the macaroni right on it. Yeah, the it's macaroni... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Peach.
0: I said that that's all acceptable. It's great. This is, this is all good.
3: Yeah, sometimes you the look... meatball gets maybe smashed into the garlic bread a little bit, and I do that. I make almost like a little mini, tiny, little mini, tiny meatball hero nice. Open face. You know what my favorite meatball hero is, though? All time, growing up as a kid. Right? So... My grandmother makes 200 to 300 meatballs on a Sunday, for example, because <laughs> you never know when the Sixth Fleet is going to show up, <laughs> you know, or Camilla you know, Camella Lemon Cola from down the block is going to come over, you know, with uh, 37 people. So they, those would always go in a particular Tupperware. We all had the same Tupperware growing up, right? And you and you guys, did you guys have the yellow one, like the yellow bowl? Uh, that was usually for lettuce or salad, you know, iceberg lettuce. But then my grandmother would put like the meatballs and and gravy in there, and it was the push down center. It's yep. so, like it was like it was like the spiral top, right? Yeah, mine, mine the was orange. Center. Right, we had a yellow one, we had an orange one, um, and the yellow was always used for meatballs, right? So that that huge jumbo thing would be in the refrigerator, and on Thursday, like lunch get two pieces of uh, uh what was the what was the really good not Dagostino, it was um Oh Di Italiano? De di Italiano, right? Which was like kinda half white bread, half Italian bread. It was white bread with seeds. That's right. That's it. It was it was it was like a white bread trying to be an Italian bread. Yeah. Right? And you take that and you take the gravy, take a spoon Take the gravy and do one side, right? So do one piece of the bread. Then you take the meatballs and you mush them down on the other side, right? And so so it's almost like a meatball paste. Yes. Right? Then you go grated cheese heavy. I have a very heavy hand. You go grated cheese on the meatball side. This is key, right? You put the gravy, uh, gravy piece of bread on the top. Right, you wrap it in a paper towel, and you put it in the microwave for forty-five seconds. Right, Mm. you take that thing out—the best, the best, absolute best meatball sandwich ever. I will not Mm. hear any other discussion on this.
2: Not allowed to put bread in the microwave.
3: What's that? We were not allowed to put
2: bread in the
0: microwave.
3: Why? Why? Spongy. That's why you wrap it in paper towel. That's true. Yeah, the paper towel not. keeps it, it nice.
0: Yeah. Also, we were also not allowed to put red sauce in the microwave.
3: No, it had to go in a pot. I mean, you had to put it on the stove, right? You can't heat on it up stove in the microwave. On
0: to the bottom of the microwave and hit the button.
3: <laughs> I, have, I have exploded. So much gravy in microwaves. <laughs> yeah. You complete time. I just, I'm sorry. Now, you were, you were about to get to your garlic bread recipe there, Cal. I'd like to have it.
1: No, it's very similar to, to PJ's. It's just you take a loaf of Italian bread, you slice it down the middle, open face it, throw some butter on it, throw some garlic powder on it.
3: You go garlic powder. Garlic powder, not yeah. garlic. Or garlic. <laughs> I did, I my sister in law started uh, started making it, and she's Irish, so good. You know, hats off to her. Top of the morning to her. Wait a minute. <laughs> really being insensitive here. No, but she used to. She would make it with the uh, Harry uh, Hamlin. Yeah. Oh. Take it easy, <laughs> Harry Hamlin. <laughs> She would roast garlic. Oh, I like and then and then put it in the Italian bread and let it melt into the Italian bread. So like slice it down the middle, but not open face it. Put the butter on, and then put the roasted garlic on that she had already roasted, so it melted almost like butter. Mm. I know
0: she's here. She's on.
3: You got the what? She... You gotta speak into the microphone, PJ. You can't hear this? It's a little low. low. <laughs> Are you direct connected tonight? Yeah. That's why.
0: How's it look?
3: It's you're a little low. Bill? You know? Yes. Prime Who's engineering this shit? Oh, it's you. It's the soundhound. It is Soundhound. Soundhound would be appalled. And Hitler. Once a
0: year, there's always somebody who tries out the Hitler costume. (laughs) It's true. The Hitler Cup?
3: Costume. Oh, costume.
0: I remember when we were playing for the Hitler Cup.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, soccer is messed up. (laughs) It should not be allowed to be called that anymore. I really feel strongly about this.
1: <laughs>
3: the Hitler Cup.
0: Hitler Once Cup. again, at the Hitler Cup, 12 people in the dead.
3: <laughs> Harry Hamlin is here, of course. Uh, celebrity. <laughs> celebrity Hitler Cup. <laughs> so, here's why... Uh, uh, have you guys ever run by your wives any of like our Rushmore's or our top fives or have you ever like gone hey we you know we had a really funny you know fun load the other night we did you know we just got talking about bagels and we did our like Mount Rushmore of bagels what would yours be honey have you ever done this yeah yep okay Cal you first tell me how that goes um not well okay why
1: Well, you have to then explain Mount Rushmore. That's first. That's the first. So, hey, what's your Mount Rushmore of candy? I did this at the dinner table with the kids and the wife. What's your Mount Rushmore of candy, everyone? This will be fun. And they look, you know, like the fork hits the plate and everyone just stops and looks at you like... (laughs) Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know Mount Rushmore, and then you know the kids are like, "What does that? What do presidents have to do with candy?" And my wife is looking at me like, "What? What is? What are you talking about?" And you have to explain. Well, to Mount Rushmore, there are four faces on the mount on the mountain, and then you come up with your top four in a category. It's fun. It's a thing that we do.
0: Explaining the far side. There
1: you go. Right. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, you get the you get the, the shaking of the head, like she's such an idiot. <laughs> and then I never, ever find out what their Mount Rushmore of candy is because they've completely dismissed it because it's stupid to them.
2: Okay,
3: so that's how it goes. Okay, PJ, how, have you ever done this with Tina? Absolutely. And how does it go?
0: Uh, it goes like this. We were talking last night about uh, about uh, cold cuts. We were, we were getting into our uh, favorite cold cuts. And uh, it was a really funny conversation. And then she'll say something like, oh, I worked in a deli. Cold cuts are disgusting.
3: <laughs> That's it.
2: And suddenly we <laughs> have conversation.
3: So you never even make it to the favorites. You get an opinion on it.
0: Yes, the playfulness gets shut down in about five seconds,
2: no matter
3: (laughs) what. That's right. right. What you have both just described is a perfect amalgamation, (laughs) or I should say what happens with my wife and what happened with my wife and our our friend Nadia, um, who happened to be around with this conversation, a perfect amalgamation of those two things. Right? So first there's the explaining of the difference between a top 5 and a Mount Rushmore. So I said it was really funny the other night we were talking about our you know our desert island top 5 spices. So like the five spices we cannot live without. And so now they have to dissect and I said and salt and pepper are off the table. Pun intended. Salt and pepper are are not included because they're they're givens, like they're staples that everybody would want. And so our friend Nadia says, well, and also they're the best, right? So they're two of the best. Everybody's going to have them on their best list. I said, this is not a best list. That's a Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is the ones you think are the best regardless of how you feel about them. Often when we do this. The five the top five, your desert island, is your favorite, regardless of what everybody else thinks. You're not concerned Well, wait a minute. So now I'm on a a desert island do I have to cook? Um Yeah, I I mean I I guess this would be like if you were stranded on a desert island and you and you could only have five spices. And you would take your fav- five favorite spices with you. Well, what am I making? <sighs> um, I I don't know. You you're probably gonna want to prepare your favorite dishes when you, read okay, all right. Well, I gotta have salt and pepper. I just said that you have salt and pepper. So you have them. Oh, all right. Well, I want oregano. <laughs> Well, we 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 decided that oregano is an herb. She's like, no, it's not. It's a spice. (laughs) It's a spice. So then we get into this complete conversation about why we decided certain things were herbs and not spices. (laughs) And I went so so now we're twenty five minutes into this. I, I I make the mistake of saying I took paprika. And I get laughed off the, I mean, laughed off the, off the earth. Like it's the silliest thing of all time. And then this, this birth, a 15 minute conversation about who eats paprika. I'm like, but you, we don't, that's not what, well, what are you going to use it in? I, I like it in certain things. Yeah. I know what you like it in. <laughs> yes. Many people. I know you like it. You made that tuna that one time that was ridiculous with all the spices.
2: I, why, why, can we go back?
3: Yeah. So we, we, this is going on and on and on, and then the judgment comes, <laughs>
2: and then,
3: then the joy is gone. Well, this is stupid. Right.
2: But it's, it's not.
3: It's fun though. We're, we're fun. Well, I want to do a Mount Rushmore instead. Oh. I didn't ask you for your Mount Rushmore. You know what my wife would say if I told
0: her about the spice conversation? She'd say, <laughs> I, I would give the same intro you did. We're talking about spices.
2: Right.
0: Funny. I made a joke about garlic. And, right. she, would say, and she would say, what did you tell him about when we got, your, we, we got your sister that spice rack and she never gave us a thank you? No. No, I wouldn't drop it into the conversation. <laughs> Always got to be grounded in reality and grounded in concrete. for here. <laughs> Did you
3: tell him about when we got your sister? that sp- And she didn't thank us. She still hasn't thanked us, by the way.
2: Yeah.
3: That's good. Yeah.
0: That's good. Well, I'll
3: bring that up next time as an addendum to the spice. I, I I tried to steer it towards uh Mount Rushmore. My Mount Rushmore example was of uh bagels. So I said well you could do your five favorite bagels. I'll take cinnamon raisin for all four.
2: That's not the you can't that's not the way it works. <laughs> the idea is to come up with four
1: different
3: bagels. Well that's stupid.
1: <laughs> it's always stupid. I don't understand. <laughs> right. Right. What's why is it going to be stupid? <laughs> do do? It's fun. <laughs> it's fun
2: Nothing's
3: stupid about it. Let me get this straight. The Mount Rushmore then is the five you think are the best five bagels, but or four bagels, but not necessarily the four that you like the best. Like yes, that's yes. So Maybe you know, maybe you you don't love an everything bagel, but an everything bagel is one of the best bagels. Just like you don't love Teddy Roosevelt, but Teddy Roosevelt's one of the best presidents. If you got a bunch of ladies together
0: to discuss what we did,
3: I was dying laughing. They wouldn't
0: say that we sat down and had a fun, funny conversation. They would say, "Oh, when they sit down and try to be funny, that's right. Right. They don't understand." They think they're funny talking about eggs.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, now, you know why? That's
3: funny. Eggs are funny, and what you do to eggs are funny. Eggs are I told right. them about the I told them about the three onion spice cow, the three onion rub. Yeah, forget it, forget it. This this bird. Well, what could they possibly be? I don't, I don't know. We really didn't get into it.
0: You got no traction with
1: three onions.
3: That was, she, that was she, she was like, "Well, how could you guys not investigate? What's in it like? I would have made Cal go get the thing." Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna stop the podcast so he can go upstairs <laughs> and get the and get the three onion rub so we can find out what's in it. That's what we're gonna do. Hold on, everybody. I'll be,
2: I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll
3: be right back. Uh, he's actually going to
0: no, uh. we don't spice because I'm allergic.
3: No. I would
2: not.
3: How about the time your mother used cinnamon, and she knows I hate cinnamon? She did it on purpose. Why, why, why would I bring that up? That's not. That's not. Why would I say that? This dangerous building I here. Yeah, I, I, just, I just had to. I had to bring it up. I had to because it was just so funny. Oh, it's—he's oh. it's, back. Cal's back with the three onion rub. What do you? What do we got? Dehydrated onion. <laughs> it's a good start. Expec- expected.
1: <laughs> Dehydrated red onion. All right, sir. Dehydrated green onion.
3: It's kind of a crisp. red, green. Don't know what the other one is. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2015 three onion. Oh, there it is. He's showing it to me. It's a pampered chef. It is. Can you read the Spanish, please? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I cannot. Next question
1: Adobo de tres cebollas.
3: Adobo de tres cebollas. Right. Yeah. Always like Paul Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> always <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, Yet Harry Hamlin is getting in trouble tonight. Hey, look,
3: I'm not wearing a, a you know. A... Go,
1: don't don't say yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. Stop. <laughs> I am gonna. I I do have to send this to you guys. I'm gonna send you each a. Uh, a container. All of our guests. All of our guests on RTU receive. <laughs> Get pampered, Chef Three Onion.
2: Three onion guess rub. of the
3: untoie you fun load receive three <laughs> onion rub from pampered chef
0: twiceron
1: the san francisco treat
0: salt lake barbecue rub
3: make your pork chops sing what's the are, were you guys shake and bake, guys no. i got you, i got pork I got pork chops on the brain now no. Not a shake and bake house. PJ? No. Uh, Begged for
0: shake and bake. My mother did it, did the, you know, the uh, actual brand maybe once. Oh, man. Uh, But most of the time it was, you know, we don't need shake and bake. I do my own shake and bake. She would demonstrate in a large gallon size Ziploc her own shake and bake.
3: She turned into Eddie Murphy's, Eddie Murphy's mom in Raw. I make your own burger. I make my own. I make my mama's burger. You don't need no (laughs) McDonald's hamburger. My mother had, strangely, a woman who's a magnificent cook and can really make anything. Like, I grew up in a diner, (laughs) essentially. If I said to my mother, I'd be like, you know what would be great tonight? Uh, Fried chicken with homemade gravy and some uh, grits and uh, maybe a little corned beef cabbage. And then, uh, could you make. Cheese fries with uh, mozzarella. And she'd be like, what time do you want it? <laughs> and had no problem giving a shake and bake. No problem. The one I, shortcut. That's it. That was her one shortcut. No, she she went hamburger helper from time to time. I, I
0: did she have mom, a lot of, she made awesome fried chicken.
3: Awesome. My mother my mother made amazing, still does, amazing fried chicken in a deep fryer. Like she had an electric, remember the electric deep fryer, which is is one of the great fire hazards of all time. Oh, yeah, we had one, yeah. Like my, my mother used to cook with this electric deep fryer with like a gallon of oil in it and just right out on the table, just right there. Five-year-old kids running around. I could have stuck my hand in there and taken a leg out if I wanted to we won't let Wesley in the kitchen when the stove is on because we have an electric stove now and you can't tell when it's hot. My mother was like holding me on the phone, deep frying chicken.
0: (laughs) We're all electric
3: over here. We got no gas. Yeah, it's been an adjustment. It's been a big adjustment. Because uh, my kids are, as you guys have seen, complete maniacs and are not used to having to be careful around a stove. Um, What what were you going to say, Cal, that you had a ton of?
1: Yeah, not shake and bake, but a ton of, like, chicken with mayonnaise and breadcrumbs.
2: Chicken with what?
1: It sounds, it's like shake and bake, but my mother would make it, you know, she'd take the chicken, and she'd have, again, the Tupperware container, one side mayonnaise, one side breadcrumbs, and she'd dip the chicken breast in the mayo, and then dip it in the breadcrumbs,
3: and then bake it. 4C, or what kind of breadcrumbs are we going with there? 4C. Not the Italian mix, though. The regular mix. Uh, no, the Italian mix. Wow.
1: With may- mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. Yeah.
3: How's your father's
1: cholesterol? <laughs> <It's>
3: not, good.
0: <laughs>
1: not good.
3: Not good. Because he used to Unsurprisingly high. Yeah. It's very good, though. But never shake and bake. That's see, that's delicious though. My mother would go right to shake and bake. F this and rice the San Francisco treat. That was a um that was an industry standard. Pork chops, shake and bake with riceroni. God, I love rice Oh man. Man. You still Yes. Like it? Yes, I just don't eat it anymore because I don't eat carbs. But we buy like the healthy one now. Like we buy like the you know, quinoa thingamajiggy. That's supposed to taste like rice roni but it doesn't. Quinoa. One of the greatest crimes perpetrated on the American food buying (laughs) public. Quinoa. You love quinoa, Peach, don't you? I do. You can't eat a lot of it? You can't eat a lot of it? No. Do you spice it up?
0: Oh, yeah. We're big on flavor here. It's just too too many days in a row of King
3: stop, make it stop. No. Problem. You guys, are, you guys are big in flavor town over there. Make it stop. We do a lot of flavor. Look, I have had
0: all fourteen ounces of this wine. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: well, I have uh, three topics for next week's fun mode because we 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 blew right through them there.
0: You know, straight no chaser has an album out. Uh,
3: all right, sir. I'll bite. Who is Straight No, who is straight you no Chaser? You don't know
2: Straight No Chaser? No,
1: why
3: would I know this? Take a guess what it might be. It's a boy band or something. I don't know. It's not a boy band. They do Creep. They do Creep?
0: They do a cover of Creep.
3: Well you already said it's an a cappella group, is that correct? Yeah, that stuff's gotta stop. I think I'm gonna start a group. You're gonna start an a cappella group? I can't wait. No, I'm, I'm gonna going to to start, to
0: start an anti a cappella group.
3: So with instruments like,
0: then. To make it stop.
3: No, like a like a
1: protest group, like an like anti pro- like an
0: activist <laughs> group. Right.
1: <laughs> like the Black Panthers.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm gonna g I I'm am i am gonna start Musicians' Lives Matters. MLM? And we're gonna we're gonna protest at all their shows, <laughs>
3: like the Black Panthers. It's good really? to see you throwing your weight into something so important. I mean, all those issues out there. This is really one that's screaming for attention and organization. Do we do
0: we need eleven men doing an acapella version of Happy? Need <laughs> no. Do you, do you need that
2: eleven
0: no. men?
3: I think it's 11 years, Chaser. I don't understand the name. Didn't we did we do an episode where we thought of acapella group names?
0: Yes, yes we did. Like that early. Was, that was, that was in the archive. Go get yeah. it.
1: I,
3: do. I I think straight no Chaser was one of them. <laughs> they liked it
1: so much they named their band that.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: The four tones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they cover all about that bass.
3: Oh come on, really? Bass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Counting melody. star. Running what? melody. Counting star. Counting star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not the way you just sang it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude. <laughs> they do a medley of Doc of the Bay" and "Proud Mary." I mean, just make it
1: stop. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. I'm upset that you, uh, I, you don't appreciate the acapella.
1: It's the gleification of America. That's what like
0: And I don't like the acapella when they get clever. Stop it,
1: clever pella. You don't like that. I new category. Clever Pella.
0: With the cute jokes and they always got the one guy who's goofy.
1: Aka ah. Clever. That reminds me. You know who I can't stand that's like that? Jason Mraz. What's he doing? I find that he does the same. He tries to be too clever. Mm. In, in like word play in his songs.
3: Oh. oh yeah,
0: he's word salad. He doesn't shut up.
3: I don't need that. Has he written enough? Has he written enough wedding songs yet? Oh, songs! I mean, that guy's not stupid, though. By the way, those things will pay forever.
2: Yeah, he's written like what,
3: like five songs that are first dance songs at a wedding. Could be. What's that, Peach?
0: He's got that tiny
2: app?
3: He's got that tiny app. Seriously? Axe? I'm telling you next week you can't you can't direct connect, you can't. I'm turned
0: all the way up.
3: It's not that it's it's it seems to cut out. You know, your $7,000 mic's not getting the job done. Direct
0: connect. Okay. <laughs> direct connect, all right?
1: Okay.
3: Okay, that's as good a place as any to wrap it up.
1: <laughs> On that nuke. Um,
3: trying to say something again. PJ, final unload loudly. The
0: podcast serial is returning. It is. It is. Yep. Season two. Wow. Starting very soon. And it's coming to Pandora, where I will be listening to it. Neat. New episodes
3: every Thursday.
0: I think starting Thanksgiving or
3: something. Wow. Cal, final unload.
1: Did you notice how early it got dark tonight?
3: Yeah, it's uh, daylight savings time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who needs that crap? <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: No, I'm serious. It was very. It was like I'm coming down off of this Met World Series, and my last the last six weeks of my life have been a disaster. And now <laughs> it's four o'clock, and I'm walking out into darkness. How do you know <laughs> the last six weeks of your life? What did? What is he saying?
3: I can't hear him. Very difficult to hear. He's getting, I, he's getting. Very upset because of this microphone.
0: You'll hear me just fine in the play. In the
3: what? In the
0: where?
1: In the playhouse.
3: <laughs> in, the the play- me- in the
1: playtones?
3: <laughs> that's another a cappella group. Right, that's Tom Hanks's, uh That's Tom Hanks' uh, record label, right? Playtones?
1: Yeah. yeah, so anyway, Daylight Savings Time. Get lost.
3: <laughs>
2: <Yes>.
3: <laughs> and my final... Un- <laughs> My final unload is, uh, good night, Mets. Good night, sweet, sweet Mets. I'll miss you. Wow. All right, we'll see We'll see it. I know. Boy. Gee whiz. Um, and also, uh, it's like seven weeks till Star Wars, which is what I want to talk about next week in the fun mode. Um... For PJ Cachopo and Brian Calvi, I'm Steve San Pietro. We will see you next week when we will talk about the Jets and the Mets and the Islanders and the Knicks and the Rangers and the, uh, all the other New York sports. But for now, good night.
0: Do not attempt and- to re- <laughs> Can I say it. What what what? I do not attempt to recreate this conversation with our wives
3: Yes. Don't don't do that. Well, what's stupid. in the three? What are the three onions? So stupid. This is what you spent the night doing. Yeah, it was it was funny. It's not funny. Okay. <laughs> we talked about Harry Allen wearing the a them. Did you well, tell them about the time your dad got us bagels and he didn't get one from me? No, I didn't. I didn't tell that story. <laughs> I didn't think anybody liked it. Well, it's a good story. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having
0: us.
2: Thanks. Good night.